standards are investigating claims made by the college online. Four men are being questioned after a series of anti-terror raids across London last night. They're being held on suspicion of the commission, preparation or instigation of acts of terrorism. Alistair Gillies saw one of the raids taking place in Notting Hill. Police had taped across the road and there was a, a lot of uh, policemen with uh, police baseball caps on inside the cordon. They appeared that they some were armed, although I didn't see any drawn weapons or anything like that. But uh, they were quick and very alert uh, and there was quite a few of them and they were looking around checking bystanders making sure nothing else was happening nothing else was going on a homeless hostel in bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the behavior of people staying there st mungo's in st george's street has been refused respective planning permission after reports of residents drinking causing vandalism and antisocial behavior the closure comes just eight months after homeless charity shelter withdrew from the new city Disaster teams have begun a relief operation after a cyclone in India. Up to a million people have been evacuated from the affected areas. Mark Bullpit from Milton Keynes-based World Vision explains how their teams are helping. World Vision is, is already helping uh, those in the evacuation centres uh, because they're, they're there with very little of their supplies. So we are providing some of them with hygiene kits uh, and bed nets uh, to prevent, uh, help prevent uh, mosquito bites and cooking kits. So some of the some of the assistance is is already underway. In sport, Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. He only needs a fifth place finish or better at the Indian Grand Prix to win the Drivers' Championship. The weather for Bertards and Bucks will be cloudy with outbreaks of rain today. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Lee. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Isn't it cold and wet? Isn't it cold and wet? According to the Express, it's either going to rain up until February or snow. We don't know which. They, they keep changing their minds. But that not that what happens in autumn and winter anyway? I, think that, I don't think that's news, is it? We've still not put the heating on in our house. Still not done it. Lots coming up on the show this morning, uh, and as always, keen to get your thoughts on some of these. Some students graduated from Harvard on Saturday. No, not Ivy League Harvard in America. The one that's in a flat in Milton Keynes. The mayor decided not to go, but Justin Dealey did, and his gold chain is considerably chunkier. We'll find out what happened in a few minutes. Another homeless shelter's closed in Milton Keynes. Yes, the same Milton Keynes that's been found keeping 60 families in B&B accommodation way over the legal limit. And Hemel shopkeepers take their fight to save the high street to yet another meeting. Overrunning roadworks are killing trade and many say they'll be out of business by Christmas. We'll have the latest during the show. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR or, and the best way to get in touch, of course, is 08459 455 555. You can call us about any of the things we're talking about. Or let's be honest, we've got a few gaps in the show. If you just want to have a chat and your name's not Dennis, you're more than welcome to give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from the business school at the centre of a BBC Three Counties investigation. The founder of the Havard School of Management and Technology, Dr Tina Beloved Powerful, told us on Friday that Brian White would be attending a graduation ceremony on Saturday, despite her ongoing trademark row with the prestigious American University, Harvard. But after hearing our show on Friday, Mr White changed his mind, in which, and on the show, we revealed the school is being investigated by police and trading standards. She told uh, this show last week that she hasn't received a penny from students. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, very kindly gave up his Saturday, and you went along to the graduation ceremony, didn't you, Justin? Yes, hello, Ian. I did indeed. It was um, an interesting event. It was in Milson Keynes. It was the uh, Church of Christ, the Cornerstone, uh, which is where Tina has one of her campuses, two campuses there, two rooms inside a church. Now, uh, on, on Friday's show, we, we, we had a, a long 30-minute chat uh, with uh, Tina, and if you missed it, go and download the podcast, the whole thing's there. Let me just play this uh, clip, Justin. On Friday, I asked her uh, if she was charging students to study at her school. This is what she said. We turned down free of charge you, without taking any penny from you them. Did, when I asked you what the cost was, you did say £3,500. So where does that money go, that £3,500? I said that is the cost, but we never charged any one of them. So that you've is never charged anybody? We have not charged those students that were graduating. Because have you we, ever charged anybody? I have not for now. So she's not charged anybody for mm. now. Is, is that what you found out on Saturday, Justin? Well, you're about to find out right now because I spoke to one of those students, Nock, and I asked her how she found the course. It's quite intense because it's like every week you have a module. And, I mean, for me, I left study many years ago. So to get back into, you know, studies, and you know, it was hard and stressful as well. But, you know, thank God I... I manage. How much did you pay to go on this course? Well, there were supposed to be 36 modules, but we didn't complete because of the time factor. So we, you know, we had um, 22 modules, so I paid 220. So each module was £10. Mm-hmm. So you paid £220. You've handed that over to the school. Mm-hmm. Yes. W- w- when you were learning the course, where did you study? Study in one of the rooms in Christ the Church Cornerstone. Would you describe that as a campus? It's just a small room in a church. Yeah. If I said to you, campus, what springs to my mind? It's quite a few buildings, a lecture yes. hall. Is that how you would describe a campus? A lot of buildings. We've got facilities. Let me ask you this finally. If you paid £3,500 for this course, would you feel ripped off? Well, the thing is, people have to be honest and transparent what they're selling, you know. So by describing a campus, which is in actual fact a room inside a church, do you feel that's being transparent? So that's Nock, uh, one of the students that uh, you spoke to, who had paid, despite Tina on Friday assuring us that no students had paid any money, you, you spoke to one who had definitely paid, not the full £3,500, nope. but had definitely paid some money. Absolutely. Did you manage to speak to Tina herself? Um, yes, I did. Um, after talking to Nock, um, I tried to have a conversation with Tina, and here's what happened. Well, Tina, you've invited us here today. You made that offer quite clear on Friday's show. Would you mind showing me your campus? No, not, not, not today, please. But Tina, you've invited us here today. Not today, please. Okay, you said you weren't taking not a penny today. from your students. They're telling me they're paying you. They paid two hundred and twenty pounds. Not today, please. But they've just told me that they're paying you two hundred and twenty pounds. Not today. But why do you make the invite, Tina? See, I need to ask you. Your students are saying they're paying you two hundred and twenty pounds. Can I get your comment to that, please? 
Tina, I just want to get your reaction to that because you have invited us here today. Your students are telling no, me they are paying you. No, embarrassing me, please. It's okay. But you've invited us. Can, see can I just get your reaction? Can you show me your campus? Tina, when are you going to start charging students three and a half thousand pounds? Can I ask you why you made the invite live on air, but you won't talk to us? Please, can you answer my question? Tina, please, can you answer my question? Are you refusing to talk to us, Tina? Uh, wow, that's uh, unexpected and slightly mm. uncomfortable, if I'm honest. It, it, just to make it clear, we, we were invited. She extended that invitation live on air, and I assumed that with that we would be able to speak to her freely. Did you manage to speak to her later on? Did you try again? I left it 30 minutes, and Ian, I did try again. Here's what happened. Tina, can I just have one last chance, OK? Are you hungry? Are Am you I hungry? Yes. You want to no, eat? I'm fine. No, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Tina, it's the last chance. After eating, after eating, then we talk. After eating, we talk. You will definitely sit talk to me after eating. Sit down and talk, because I invited you, so you have to sit down and eat first. Okay. After eating, then I can, you know, answer you again. You promise me you have to eat. Tina, you, you're probably... I invited you, eh? Tina... Stop <laughs> OK. Yes. Tina, let me just get this right. If, 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 I, if I eat something, will you, will you guarantee yes. to talk to yes. me? Yes. I will talk to you. Give it. Hey, that's not bad, Justin. So what, what, what did you have to eat? I had some jerk chicken and some rice. So I was uh, forced to sit down in a room and uh, have something to eat. Um, Tina did eventually talk to me. Ah. Um, she will uh, be talking to me about her comments about the mayor and also some of the uh, allegations which have been made against her. So you will hear what she had to say after 7 o'clock and after 8 o'clock exclusively on your programme. Justin, excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to have your say on that, wasn't that fantastic? I have to say, Justin Dealey really is coming into his own at the moment, isn't he? He's doing some cracking reports. Not that he's not been doing cracking stuff before, but uh, it seems to be his trademark though is him following people around <laughs> with the builder last week running up the stairs. Following Tina there, well, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to hearing what Tina had to say uh, to Justin later on in the show. Thank you, Justin. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC. Oh, shut up. It's Fleetwood Mac.
may have to dig my tango in the night out. Dust it off and put it in the car and introduce the boys to it. Cilla Black celebrating 50 years in show business today. Is it? Probably. Why not? When you hear the two words, Cilla Black, what do you think? Can we send Dealey out on a little Cilla Black mission and get him, get him to say Cilla Black to people and, and get their instant reaction? Let's find out what the, the nation think of one of our m- most loved national treasures. Now, uh, 08459 I've got a terrible cold this morning. I've lost. I tell you what I've lost. My little bottle of Vicks. I can't go anywhere without my Vicks. No, I know. I think I'm addicted to Vicks. Oh, you're not going to... Catherine Boyle, you're not going to let me share your Vicks, are you? No, I've got a top Vicks tip, though. Yeah? On your feet. Sorry? Seriously, I don't know why it works, but it does. What, the, your feet, put your socks on, go the to vapor, bed. The vapo rub? <laughs> yes, it goes up through your feet. It seriously does. The vapo rub does not go up through your feet, it, it goes does. up through your nose. We used to do it to the kids all the time. You know, because they've got those little onesies. Put it on their feet, and they breathe easy all night. Okay, well, that, that's thank you very much, Catherine Boyd, who, by the way, is now the new full-time producer of this show. I should I should let you know. Uh, so, it, it, is that true? <laughs> you put the vapo rub on their feet? No, that's nonsense. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five six sixteen. Here's the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nice and quiet so far this morning. No problems out there on the M25 or the M1. Cameras on the A1M showing. It's a nice clear run to and from London. Through Stevenage it's all moving well and past Welling and through the Hatfield Tunnel. No trouble. Same for the M40. Even up so you get as far as Tame and the roadworks around Junction 7. Things looking clear through High Wycombe and down toward London that way as well. Maybe a little busy on the A404 coming down to the M40 though. Cameras generally showing everything looking clear. If you're going to be caught up in roadworks, well you might get caught up on the A5 of course because they're still doing those works to the south of Milton Keynes at the McDonald's roundabout where you meet the A4146 and Watling Street. There's one lane closed off for junction improvement works. Tends to get busy as the morning wears on most weekdays. Train and tubes running well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 6.17. It's Monday the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann have issued images of a new suspect. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn his support from Havard Business School following an investigation by trading standards. And Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel is closing in on fourth, a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix. Weather today be cloudy with outbreaks of rain. Coming up, a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the biggest local talking points. There is only one professional force that can control chemical weapons. How can we, as a civilised country, stand by and let more poor innocent children get killed? The JVS Show. Harry's in Bedford. Let's see what Harry wants to say. She knew what the laws were. She knew what she was doing. She got caught tough. I disagree with the penalty. I think that for smuggling drugs, it shouldn't be a death penalty. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. 50 years in show business today. We are celebrating the magic of Masilla Black. What's it all about, Alfie? Is 
Is it just for the moment we live? What's it all about when you sort it out? I'll be. To be cruel, and if life belongs only to the strong, I'll feel. What will you then on an old golden rule? As sure as I believe, there's a So, be honest, you hear the two words, Scylla, and the other word, black. What does it make you think? 08459 455 555. Now, a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. Eight months after homeless charity Shelter withdrew from Milton Keynes, St Mungo's in St George's Street has been refused retrospective planning permission in the wake of residents' reports of drinking, vandalism and antisocial behaviour. Well, our Milton Keynes reporter Craig Lewis has been talking to them. There's been various issues. Um, There's been uh, vandalism to property, vandalism to the residents' houses, um, also to Mungo's, the actual property at St Mungo's, disrespect really of sort of like language alcohol rowdy behavior um and various other items like that there's been suspected dealing of drugs but obviously that's only suspected and there was a firearm found in one of the residents boot of their car they just seem to have no respect of the people that actually live around here really um and some of the residents are quite frightened so residents must have felt pretty strongly about this to, to bring it to the council's attention. Yeah, I mean, this has been going on. It's not just been St Mungo's. It's been going on for the last 18, 20-odd years um, when it originally was a children's home um, and then was taken over by um, somebody else. But, yeah, no, they are strong. Um, and I think there's only a few minority of the residents that actually have effects 
but people that live around it, you know, respect and understand what's happening. Um, and uh, it's not nice to live here sometimes. How pleased were you that the council made the decision to shut it down? Yeah, really pleased that they made that decision. Um, but obviously, whether it goes to appeal or not, um, then we just have to wait and see, really. Um, I'm hoping that it does get shut down and actually get something to enhance the community and not to um, disadvance the community. We've had a lot of antisocial behaviour. We've been bullied out of our back garden. We've been, our children have been bullied out of the back gardens, you know, swearing, things like that, things being thrown into the garden that sort of thing and on the street as well and problems with drugs and alcohol as well oh definitely they get drunk and they climb on the roof of the building and they shout and swear at us in the gardens and they just make a load of noise and they smash the place up constantly what would you like to see done with the centre it would be nice if it was turned into a residential home for the elderly or other than that a, um, a community house so that we can have like lunches for old people in their coffee mornings youth club for local children so they don't get into trouble in the evenings um maybe an education place where they can all go and do their homework you know community-based ideas that's craig lewis speaking to residents near st mungo's which is being forced to close it's a tough one isn't it what what do we do to help homeless people i was surprised one of them one of those people just say that the one of the residents of st mungo's had a gun in their car that surprised me a homeless person having a car that's a first anyway uh, what, what do we do to ease the issue of homelessness? Particularly, hey, have you noticed it's getting colder now? People will die out there if they haven't got somewhere to go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I, I love the colourful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair
Celebrations are happening with her my love for them. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can also uh, send me an email. I had lots of nice emails on Friday after um, we spoke to uh, Tina Beloved Powerful saying uh, how much people enjoyed the interview. If you missed the interview on Friday, go and download last week's podcast from iTunes uh, or from the BBC Three Counties website. It's up there in its entirety. Uh, but if you want to email, it's ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. Right, this is Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident in Biggleswaite. The A1 southbound is partly blocked. A van has hit a lamppost. This is as you come down toward Biggleswaite south and the home base roundabout at the A6001. So it's partly blocking the road on that southbound side. Traffic does seem to be getting past, but definitely looking busy. Police are aware. Now, the M25 anti-clockwise already getting slow. Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar. Junction 26 through to 24 as people start to wend their way through the roadwork section. Things are looking pretty clear on the other motorway routes, though. No delays further down the A1 once you get onto the A1M. No problems yet on the M1 or the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's coming up to 6.30. Let's get the latest news and sport now. Here's Lee Agnew. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six. The headlines, detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann have issued new images of a man who they say is vitally important to the inquiry. Police say the new investigation has provided them with the clearest picture yet of what happened on the night she disappeared. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from a business school at the centre of a trademark row following a BBC Three Counties investigation. Brian White was due to go to a graduation ceremony at Havard School, which is being sued by the American University. Harvard. And a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. St Mungo's in St George's Street has been refused retrospective planning permission after reports of residents drinking and antisocial behaviour. The weather for Bedtards and Bucks will be cloudy with outbreaks of rain today. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix. He only needs a fifth place finish or better at the Indian Grand Prix to win the Drivers' Championship. Here's the closing seconds. The sun shines on Sebastian Vettel. He started from the front row, but he's going to take the chequered flag. It's a victory. His fourth in five years. Sebastian Vettel is now just a few points away from his fourth world championship. On to football and Luton Town striker Andre Gray says his hat-trick at the weekend shows he's back on top form. The Hatters beat bottom of the table Hyde 4-1 and Gray was pleased with his contribution. The gaffer was right and I started pre-season slowly and obviously those strikers have been better so um, obviously at the time I, I probably didn't feel like that but now I look back I, I wasn't at my best and I wasn't scoring either so um, I feel like I'm getting back there now. I've still got a lot of work to do. I think that even though I scored hat-trick today I could have scored four or five so um, I've still got to keep working hard and... Elsewhere, Stevenage manager Graham Wesley had praise for striker Francois Zoko, who scored both goals in the 2-1 win over Brentford. The MK Dons lost at Leighton Orient and in League 2, Wickham beat Torquay. And Gillingham have sacked the former MK Dons boss Martin Allen. Ashley Cole is out of England's final World Cup qualifier against Poland at Wembley tomorrow. Everton's Leighton Baines, who deputised for him against Montenegro on Friday, looks set to be named at left-back. Well, obviously, you enjoy it a lot more when you're playing, when you come away on these trips and you know you're going to get a game then and you enjoy it a lot more and it was it was good to be able to prepare for the game in that frame of mind really rather than you know expecting to sort of just be waiting in the wings so I say it's great to be here and be playing and that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock Call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Morning Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, uh, I believe this morning's Facebook question. It is. Have you actually, uh, uh, Kelly Betts? Seriously, have you put this question on Facebook? This is the best you could come up with. Yeah. You've had a week off. Yeah. We had Sophie Solaria in, who, despite uh, what everyone was saying about her behind the back, actually did a half decent job. She came up with some cracking stuff for the Facebook page. Would you like to tell the listener what you've decided to put up there? Vapor rub. Where do you put yours? Uh, oh God. The thing is, first of all, it's vapo rub, isn't it? Whatever. Anyway, we'll probably get in trouble for saying it. Anyway, uh, uh, d- 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 Jonathan Vernon Smith is back after a week away. He's going to come in with a killer question, a killer question. I don't know, probably about Nadine Doris or something. I'd imagine. I don't. I don't know. It, it's going to be a killer question. He's going to get hundreds of posts. We're going to get nothing. We've had one. Let's see what one person has uh, has said. Amanda Stark, when I was at school, we used to put it on our eyelids. It used to make us cry and make our I don't feel well, miss, seem more believable, so we get out of lesson. What a great story. Thank you, Kelly Betts. Catherine Ball, the reason we're doing this, you're in the studio with me now, the reason we're doing this is because you're, you, feet. you put it on the feet. Yeah, Why? Time. Well, if you've got little wrigglers, yeah. babies, Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they'll wriggle it off, won't they? Or get their hands in it, or... Yeah. Put it on their feet. It won't reach over the top. It does. It goes up through your feet. I'm telling you. I've done it to myself. It cannot go up through your feet. Reflexology. It's oh that nonsense. Next, you'll be telling me that acupuncture and Chinese medicine works. It's just in a loose end. You can go and get some. We'll slap some on your trotters and see if it works. Justin, can you go and get me some vapor rub, please? Because of of any brand, I'm not particularly because I I have got a cold. We'll put it on my feet. We'll see. I'll just have slidey feet. You'll be amazed by the benefits. I I, (laughs) will. 
<laughs> yeah, and then you've also got a bridge in London that you want to sell me as well for 50 quid. Is that right, <laughs> you con woman? Catherine Boyle. <laughs> yes. You're, you've got the newspapers in front of you. I have, yeah. what, what What exciting stories... Have you found? Well, these are interesting stories. I'm oh. not going to say exciting. Nope. It's not peak. Let's not oversell it. Nope. Number of over 75s caught drinking and driving, according to the Daily Mail, page 21, if you want to read along at home, yep. soars. Oh, really? Yes. Drink driving uh, among elderly motorists has risen by 20% in just two years, a survey reveals. Well, now, the thing is, you know, I have... Um, let, let's not say a problem with drink drivers, but... No, not drink drivers, old drivers. I think everyone's got a problem with drink drivers. Well, not drink drivers. They don't. They haven't got a problem with it. I think they have got a problem. They well, exactly. I haven't got a, 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 a... I have issues with older drivers. I question their safety on the street. And if they are drink driving, what is it, 80%, 90% of old drivers are drink driving? Is, is that the stats? <laughs> no, it's not 80%. No, OK. But, but... In Hampshire, at least one driver over 75 is charged with a drink driving offence every month. Oh, well, yeah, that's a bit of a... OK. But it was different for them back in their day because the drink driving was virtually encouraged back in the, the 50s and 60s and 70s. One for the road. Yeah, one for the road. You were you were allowed to do it. You know, if you got stopped by the police, oh, look, just drive a bit more carefully, son, and not off you go. You did have the man in front with the flag, though, so it was a bit helpful. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. This is, this, is, this is another reason why we shouldn't allow... My granddad was terrible. He would go yeah. out and come, come back in the car. He would also not wear his seatbelt. He was driving... still on 1940. 40s rules. I was driving uh, back from Cheltenham yesterday and there was this there was a car in the middle of the motorway doing 60 miles an hour the middle lane and I thought right I'm I know I know but I'm going to have a look it was an old woman in her 70s I just thought for goodness sakes it's probably my gran you shouldn't be allowed she thinks her um, car's only got three gears has the way she drives it. Wowzers. She's also got one of those frilly cushiony things to stop the seatbelt belt. Goes on the seatbelt. Yeah. Wow. She's delicate flower. She's got an antimacassar on the, the car seat. Actually. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, is it? Uh oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you want some more news? Yeah, well loosely. Yeah, why not? Um this is in the independent different paper. Okay. Um they came, they saw they conquered Conquer Championships. Oh, for goodness sake, they've they made up a story about a kids' game. France, Latvia and Venezuela, the finest Conquer swingers on earth, yes. uh, descended on a pub, pub in uh. Northamptonshire yesterday for the World Conquer Championships, but they were vanquished by an Englishman yes. from Kettering. Yes. We like Conquers. We, uh, we con- going Conquer collecting is, is still one of the greatest joys. Sorry? But the, the trees near my, my daughter's school have been rinsed out. Oh. All there are are empty husks over the floor. I didn't even see them fall. Those kids were underneath with nets. Yeah, yeah. It's good to take your kids conquer collecting, but I, I, I can't remember how you're supposed to put string through them. Don't you have to treat them first, or is that illegal? In the Treating country? is illegal. Oh. You can't bake them. Your vinegar. There was always the myth as well about some kid that hollowed it out and filled it with concrete, but I'm, I'm guessing that could never have happened. If you've got the right facilities. I've, where's uh, the, the front page of The Sun? The Sun has got an exclusive... But it's a Katie Price exclusive. Do we call, do we call her Jordan anymore? Does that is that gone now? I think it depends. If she's got a top on, she's got a top on, and she's Katie. doing a pout. Pete built a career by trashing mine. Okay, Kate Fury over ex Andre. Katie Price sensationally slams Peter Andre in the sun today, bitterly accusing her ex hubby of trashing her reputation. So hang on a minute, she's now doing what he did. They've got a child together, haven't they? Yeah. How you imagine if you're, you know, your parents split up? That's sad, but you, you hopefully you try and keep things as civil as possible. Unless you're being paid. Uh, unless you're being paid, but then to just go in the, the press and slag each other. Turn to page four and five for more. Let's go to page four and five. Oh, look, wow, no. there's two pages of this. There's two pages of this. There's there's also pictures of her natural boobs. Eighteen, Eiffel, two years on. Obviously, we needed to see that for background. Pete was held up as a saint, the perfect father, but he destroyed our family. I think they're both. 
sad sacks. Why are we still listening to this nonsense? Pete used what this show? Steady on. <laughs> Pete used to put tissues in his shoes to make himself look taller than me. How tall is a tissue going to make you? It's not going to make you that much taller. Is it man size? <laughs> um, here we go. We got, we're getting. Do you want another one? Jay Z. Jay Z. Before we get to Jay Z, Jay on Facebook has said he puts his vapor rub on his chest, his back, and his top lip. Top lip. Oh, I put it around my nose. But that will slip into your mouth. You'll end up eating it, surely. Can you eat vapor rub? No, don't eat it. My grand did once. She spent the whole Christmas throwing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone gave her a top tip. Oh dear. Go on, give us one more. To apparently and then we'll have Patty LaBelle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hold her up. Jay-Z takes the T to O2 without an A to Z. I don't understand what I that means. I don't understand what that means either. Um, but he's loaded and he went on the um, tube and found it hilarious. Oh, rubbing God. shoulders of the common people through <laughs> a, mu- a big um, watch of H- publicity. Him and Chris Martin both got the tube and there's a picture of them in several of the papers grinning like naughty schoolboys because they're mixing with the horrible common people. Oh, what are we going to do, Jay? Thank you very much, Catherine. Welcome. Oh, wait for Four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to comment on any of those stories or anything else, yes, I put the uh, the, the uh, vapor rub. And again, I'm not specifically speaking of any uh, uh, particular product on my nose and in my nose, a little bit on the chest, but on the feet, that's complete and utter nonsense, isn't it? Must be.
um, those kind of 80s songs where at the end they just start showing off a little bit. They start doing vocal gymnastics. We need um, uh, Barry Gibb to release another record, don't we? Not really, but there must there must be. Barry Gibb, there must be. No, he's the one that's alive. There must be some tracks floating around in your archives that you and the other two Gibbs didn't finish that you can uh, put your vocals on and release and have uh, get back into the top 30 again, where you belong. There must be, mustn't there, Catherine? There Plus must recording be. techniques mean that you could overlay and it would sound like there were more of you. Yeah, you can do, you do loads. I'm reading uh, um, a book about Kenny Everett. Oh. And it's, it's, a, it's a thoroughly fascinating read. You read really fast. I've still got that Bee Gees book you uh, let me. You've not even started it yet, no, have you? I haven't. No, unbelievable. <laughs> I'm reading this Ken Everett book and it's, he's about to die, which is very, very sad. But uh, he, would, he, would go, he could do those kind of multi track things just like that. He'd go in and an hour later he'd come out with like an eight part harmony thing that he'd done. So what I'm saying is if Kenny Everett could have done it, then BG Barry Gibb could do it. Either that or he doesn't need the money and he's just having a nice time. Well, he's doing a tour. He just did a tour, didn't he? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Read the book. Because I've got you, you were kind of on the top of the list of people who want to borrow it. I've yes. got other people that want to borrow it. Oh, really? There's a queue? Yes. You're, frust- you're holding up the queue. They'll love it more. Yeah, OK. Well, I don't know about that. 6.45, travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 in Biggleswade, southbound, it remains partly blocked by an accident. A van has hit a lamppost as you come down toward the Biggleswade South Junction at the home base roundabout for London Road, the A6001. On the M11, if you're heading across to the motorway, I'm afraid southbound, two lanes are blocked. This is an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford and Stanton Airport. So that's Junction 9 and Junction 8. Traffic's getting past on the hard shoulder, but it's very, very slow, as you'd imagine down to the M25 and it's getting quite busy anti-clockwise. Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar, Junction 26, it's 24. That's as you go into the roadworks section, of course. Just had an update come in on that M11, so if you are trying to head across the M11, I would suggest maybe don't this morning because it's now completely blocked because of that accident between Junction 9 at Saffron Walden and 8 at Bishop Stortford. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Forty-six. It's Monday the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives invest- investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann have issued images of a new suspect. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn his support from Havard Business School following an investigation by Trading Standards. And Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix. Coming up, we'll be talking about thalidomide. That was the drug given to pregnant women in the 50s and 60s. It was later found to cause deformities in newborn babies. Well, we'll hear from someone living with the effect of the drug shortly. 08459 455 555. Here's the weather. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I forgot the weather then, but then so did Kelly Betts. So we're both, we're both having a slapped wrist today. Naughty us. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Give us until at least Thursday to sort it out. Hello, who's this? Hello, Ian. It's Elizabeth Ritzini. Hello, Elizabeth Ritzini. I do apologise. I forgot the weather. Kelly Betts, who dials you up, forgot the weather. We forgot you. How could you forget the weather? It's been such an atrocious weekend. Oh, I've loved it. <laughs> wet, weather. wet and cold. I love it like this. Do you why? Well, it's just, it's just nice. This is proper autumnal weather. It's great to be indoors when the rain's pouring down yeah. with a nice cup of warm milk with a bit of honey in it. <laughs> what, we, what can we expect, Elizabeth? 
Well, there's more wet weather around today. Not much good for the Monday morning, I don't think, but uh, a few mist patches in places too where we've seen some clear spells overnight. But there are quite a lot of showers and that's what it's going to be today. So the rain on and off, really, through the morning into the afternoon. Some of the showers could turn heavy at times. There will be lots of dry periods in between the showers, but always quite a lot of cloud with a bit of brightness emerging at times through the afternoon in particular. Now, temperatures today between 11 and 13 degrees, 55 in Fahrenheit, nothing special temperature-wise, a little bit of a breeze going on too. Now, overnight tonight, temperatures will drop to between 6 and 8 degrees in many of the towns. It will be dry as the showers fade away. We might even see in some of the rural spots temperatures dip just low enough for a touch of grass frost, but it's really not going to be very widespread into tomorrow. And then tomorrow, the best day of the week, weather-wise that is. Uh, dry, there will be lots of brightness around, more rain on Wednesday, and then after that, the temperatures are going to creep up into Thursday. So quite chilly at the moment, but the temperatures will be up by the end of the week. Thank you very much. We will definitely speak to Elizabeth in an hour. I promise we won't forget. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun. It was getting other people involved, um, just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award winning musical Rent. 525,600 Ecology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of yourself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a landmark court case opens in Madrid this morning with Spanish people damaged by the use of the anti-sickness drug thalidomide facing its manufacturers for the first time. A settlement was reached in the UK 40 years ago, but now a new group has come forward with a legal case against the German company Grunenthal, claiming they've been overlooked and suggesting the drug may have harmed more children than previously thought. I'm joined now by Carl Davis from Luton, who is a victim of thalidomide. Good morning, Carl. Carl, how has it affected you? Um... I have short arms. Um, my arms are not joined at the shoulders, so um, I, I can't actually lift my arm up. Um, if I want to reach out to anything, um, I have to throw my, my body forwards and then hook my arm or hand onto something. Um, so, so reaching out is, is sort of difficult, so I'm, so, so I'm constantly in filthy shirts because I'm having to lean up against things. And apart from just having dirty shirts, how is this... I mean, has this hindered your life? Um, yes, definitely. Um, uh, uh, increasingly now, um, uh, I'm, I'm getting lots of joint pain. Mm. Um, I have to have reg- regular sports phys- physio. Um, and in fact, my, my phys- physio has told me that, uh, that she believes that uh, very shortly I'm going to have to give up work. Um, I work as a project manager um, for an IT company, so I'm using the keyboard and, and PC the entire time. And she says that that, that my being hunched over um, is um, is is what's causing the sort of pain that I'm getting in my uh, joints and my hands. Um, so um, so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm facing retirement at potentially 51. Well, that's that's incredible, Carl. That the, the legacy of this this drug just just keeps keeps on growing doesn't it how does how does that make you feel knowing that you might have to retire soon well um mixed actually because um um it would be great not to have the uh, have the joint pain yeah um but um 
but fearful because things are not geared up in the UK for um, people retiring so young. Um, my pension from work, for example, wouldn't kick in until I'm 65 at the moment. So what do I do for 15 years? Um, my my sort of life costs uh, are increased. I mean, um, um, I've um, I've just had to have a new um, kitchen done because I'm wearing things out. And um, uh, I've got things that I have, have to do, like um, have the work surfaces um, at a particular height. Yeah. Um, uh, I have an instant hot water system, so I don't, don't need to use a kettle. Um, all sorts of things like that. But these gadgets and gizmos um, are actually quite, um, quite expensive. Um, and you know, the, uh, you, you, you referred to compensation um, that, that was given to us back in the 70s. Well, we, we weren't expected um, to actually live um, into our 50s. So, um, so it was already factored that, one, we wouldn't need the, um, the, the compensation for, um, for that long. Because the uh, company pleaded, um, pleaded that they wanted to settle, the, um, uh, it was 40% down. Um, because that's what you get in the UK court if you um, if you come clean and say, okay, let's give you, give you some money. Um, and um, uh, inflation was deliberately taken out of the equation. So when you factor all those things in, um, it actually wasn't that much that people were given. Can I ask how much you were given? Um, I was given uh, a share um, in a uh, in a central pot. Um, which was um, which was twenty million. Right. Um, that was for f- um, for four hundred five five hundred of us at the time. Right. Um, and um, and I was given a personal settlement of eleven thousand pounds. It's not uh, a lot, is it? No. And 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 you see, that's why people are sort of having to do things like speak to the government and we recently got um got sort of um a grant of money to actually look after uh, our health needs and that's been dis- distributed by the by 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 the central trust but you know um grunenthal have sort of lots of blood on their hands and have um hands of um and have hidden from their from their responsibilities for, for well for decades absolute decades and now um things are coming to light that they can no longer hide behind like there's evidence that they were actually given a heads up that their drug might be causing disabilities but their scientists did nothing to um to sort of take take it off the market what do you think about the court case that's um that's opening in in, in uh, madrid this morning well i wish them absolutely every success i mean this um, the uh, company has acted despicably and um a couple of years ago they issued um, a, a so-called apology, but it wasn't really. What they said was they regretted the, uh, the consequences of what happened, and I bet they are be, because they're facing a lot of adverse publicity now, and it's about time that medical companies around the world actually you know, woke up, smelled the coffee, and actually lived up to their responsibilities um, and the consequences of, um, of what, um, what has happened. Carl, listen, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you showing your story. It's, it's, it's one of the great embarrassments of science and humanity, I think, this whole thalidomide story and the fact that, 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 that people still seem reluctant to take responsibility and, and uh, you know, help the people that have been affected by this. Carl, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Can I just... Yes, please do. ...don't say, um, there is a website that has been set up called um, showyourhand.org. 
that showyourhand.org. So is that showyourhand, singular? Yes. OK, showyourhand.org. Um, and what I'd ask is that listeners, please, um, please go on and sort of show support um, by just um, signing up. And literally what goes up is a hand on a wall as a message of support um, to everybody who's involved in sort of trying to get justice going forward. Um, and you'll find the um, kind of links there and the potted his- history of, um, of, um, of sort of what happened and some of the consequences too. Carl, thank you very much for getting in. I'm glad you did. Showyourhand.org. Singular is the, uh, the website. Carl Davis, thank you very much. We got our eyes wide open Feeling like we're almost there Words unspoken Disappearing in the air All I see is you and I You're the only lifeline That I need tonight I'm letting go I'm just arguing over a cup of tea that's been handed to me. It's not a cup of tea. It's a cup of hot water with some milk, and I've been offered to put the tea bag in now. Oh, dear. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's not tea, that's an insult. The M1 southbound slow as you go past Junction 11 at the A505 down toward Redbourne at Junction 9. In Biggleswade, we've still got the A1 partly blocked southbound. A van's hit a lamppost near Biggleswade South at the home base roundabout. A1M getting busy from Stevenage past Hitchin. It's looking busy into London as well through Boreham Wood. Problems if you're going across to the M11, that is blocked southbound. A mile queue approaching an accident between Saffron Waldman and Bishop Stortford. M25 anti-clockwise busy Waltham Abbey to Potters Bar in the roadworks. Also slow from the M1 to Watford and Maple Cross to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. I didn't give him much time, but he squeezed it in. 
cheeky. Now, Harvard, Harvard, you heard the interview with Tina Beloved Powerful on Friday. Well, we've got more after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, new suspect in Madeleine McCann disappearance, anti-terror raids in London and a homeless hostel in Bletchley ordered to close down. BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives examining the disappearance of Madeleine McCann in Portugal six years ago have released new images of a man they say is vital to the inquiry. An appeal will be broadcast tonight on Crime Watch when police will reveal new theories about the case. Hamish Brown, a former detective inspector with the Met, supports the continued continuing work on the case. Investigations, they rely on one particular thing, and that's a bit of luck. And I don't think that investigations have that at the moment. And if you keep pushing and you try these things, you will create your own luck. So I think something may come out of the phone records, maybe the uh, photo fits, but it's kept it going. And never say never, in my view. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from a business school at the centre of a trademark row following a BBC Three Counties investigation. Brian White was due to go to a graduation ceremony at Havard School, which is being sued by the American University Harvard. He withdrew his support after hearing that the police and trading standards were investigating claims made by the college online. Four men are being questioned after a series of anti-terror raids across London last night. They're being held on suspicion of the commission, preparation or instigation of acts of terrorism. Alistair Gillies saw one of the raids taking place in Notting Hill. Police had taped across the road and there was a a lot of uh, policemen with uh, police baseball caps on inside the cordon. They appeared that they some were armed, although I didn't see any drawn weapons or anything like that. But uh, they were quick and very alert uh, and there was quite a few of them and they were looking around checking bystanders making sure nothing else was happening nothing else was going on a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the people staying there. Residents who live near St Mungo's in St George's Street say they're fed up with anti-social behaviour. We've been bullied out of our back garden. We've been our children been bullied out of the back gardens. You know, swearing, things like that. Things being thrown into the garden. They get drunk and they climb on the roof of the building and they smash the place up constantly. Disaster teams have begun a relief operation after a cyclone in India. Up to a million people have been evacuated from the affected areas. Mark Bullpit from Milton Keynes-based World Vision explains how their teams are helping. World Vision is, is already helping uh, those in the evacuation centres uh, because they're, they're there with very little of their supplies. So we are providing some of them with hygiene kits uh, and bed nets uh, to prevent, uh, help prevent uh, mosquito bites and cooking kits. So some of the some of the assistance is is already underway. In sport, Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix. He only needs a fifth place finish or better at the Indian Grand Prix to win the Drivers' Championship. The weather for Bedsards and Bucks will be cloudy with outbreaks of rain today. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Lee. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. A bit bunged up, but don't worry, don't worry. As my three-year-old now says, don't panic, Mr Mannering. We shall get through this together. 
It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable, but lots to grab your attention this morning, including some students Some students graduated from Harvard on Saturday. No, not Ivy League Harvard. I'm talking about the one run by a husband and wife from their flat in Milton Keynes. Yes, the ones being investigated by Trading Standards and the police, who assured us that the misleading claims on the website were OK because they weren't taking any money from students. Well, they are taking money from students. After the closure of another homeless shelter, this time in Bletchley, we're getting reports of a noticeable increase in the number of people sleeping rough outside Milton Keynes Station. If you've seen them, could you give us a call, please? Also, the battle to save the high street continues in Hemel this morning as shopkeepers in the old town face yet another meeting to discuss the overrunning roadworks they say are killing trade. Many fear they'll be out of business by Christmas if the council doesn't get a grip on the situation. And where do you put your vapour rub? Catherine Boyle puts it on her feet. Her feet! That's not going to do anything! Your nose can't smell it! Ridiculous behaviour. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR send me a text 81333 start your text 3CR or this is the best way you can give me a phone call 08459 455 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio Well according to uh, uh, Lisa on Facebook is this right? She puts it on ingrowing toenails how many ingrowing toenails? I've never had an ingrowing toenail. Painful, isn't it? Is this where your n- nail grows in? Yeah. Well, into what? Your foot? Yeah, into your skin. And is that just because you've not cut it properly? Well, you know what toenails are like. They go haywire. One of my favourite joys is, and I, this is this is horrible. One of my favourite joys in life. Well, my boy can bite his own toenails. Yeah. Like, kids can do that. They're very flexible. Uh, but I've got the perfect position. For uh, I have to no oh no oh Catherine Boyle's biting her own toenails. <laughs> is I have to put my foot behind me like that. Yeah, that's the perfect position to pick pick your feet. Pick my toenails. You are revolting. Pick my toenails off. Kelly Bet's not looking impressed. That surely would would turn any young woman on, wouldn't it? Just cut them like normal people. No, it's more satisfying to to pick them. And then you just leave them on the chair. No, Only I, one of them. I put them in my toenail box, of course. Wait, <laughs> 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 four, five. Nine. I do apologise. Some of you are having breakfast. You expect you wouldn't get this on Radio Four, would you? With good reason, I think. Now, on to slightly more serious things. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from a business school at the centre of a BBC Three Counties investigation. Brian White was due to go to a graduation ceremony at the Milton Keynes-based Harvard School, which is being sued by tra- uh, for trademark infringement by the American University, Harvard. But after my interview with the owner, Dr Tina Beloveth-Powerful, which revealed that police and trading standards are investigating her online claims... Well, the mayor pulled out. On Friday's show, Dr Tina told me she wasn't charging her students a penny. We turned them free of charge but you, without taking any penny from but you them. Did, when I asked you what the cost was, you did say three it and is, a half yes, thousand pounds. It is, yes, that is, yes. So where does that money go, that three and a half thousand pounds? I said, that is the cost, but we never charged any one of them. So that you've is never what charged anybody? We have not charged those students that were graduating. Because have you we, ever charged anybody? I have not, for now. 
Well, I was unable to go to the uh, graduation ceremony on Saturday, but Justin Dealey was able to go, weren't you, Justin? I was there, Ian. Yes, indeed. It uh, was um, an interesting afternoon. I, I, I believe it was. Now, um, we were told that no students had been charged yet. Yep. That uh, she hadn't taken any money from anybody. Uh, but you you dispute that, don't you? Yes, I spoke to uh, the students on Saturday. Some of the students have paid £220. Now, that may not seem like a, a huge amount of money, but, of course, we were told on Friday's programme that those students were not being charged a penny. Uh, they are telling me that they have handed money over to the school. I was inside one of Tina's campuses, which was a small room inside a church. Uh, she eventually agreed to speak to me, and uh, here's what she had to say about the mayor of Milson Keynes. He's a lovely man. I spoke to him. He told me that, yes, he told us, yes. Yeah, we're still expecting. He wrote. He sent He sent us a... He and he's not turned up today. Well, <laughs> we're still expecting him. Well, everyone's gone. Yeah, you should tell me where he has gone or find out from me. You are just there. You're a journalist. So help us to find out where, what made him not to turn up. After because I believe that the mayor is, is a man of integrity and a man of his words. The mayor. So if he has not come, something probably must have held him, and uh, you know, aunt, yes, but perhaps he's sick. The mayor has refused to come today after hearing the interview on Friday. How does that make you feel? Oh, that's what you think. Or no, that's what, what I know. Yes, until you, are, you say you are being, you said I am being investigated. Until investigation, investigation does not mean that somebody has committed a crime. Well, the mayor's listening to this. What is your message to the mayor? So I said, Mayor, yeah, we love, we love the mayor. We are doing great work in this in this Milton Kings, and it will be proven. And in fact, not only the, will the Queen give me MBA award for what I'm doing in this place, it will, if it does not happen this before the end of the year, it will happen beginning of the year. So you, I'm very, very certain and yeah. confident. So you still expect the Mayor to back you and your business 100%, school here in Milton Keynes? 100%, 100%. 100%. Yes. So just lastly then, when the Mayor turns up, you'll show him your two campuses, which are two rooms within the church. You'll show him your library, yes. which is yes. the public yes. library. You'll show him your That's central yes. office, which is your flat. Yes. You're quite happy to show yes. him all of those things yes. which you claim to yes. have. Yes, yes. With gladness, with gladness and joy. Because a classroom does not mean, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant the number of people you are educating. It's irrelevant the, 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 big, the bigness of the place. What is relevant is that, hey, there's you are doing... Yes. There's a teacher and there's a student. Mm. Or teachers and, and students. Justin Dealey, uh, they're speaking to Dr Tilly, Tina Beloveth Powerful, who is 100% that the mayor will still back her up. Well, the mayor joins you on the line now. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. It sounds like I missed an interesting afternoon. You, it, it sounds like you did miss an interesting afternoon. Well, well the, the, Tina there believes you still 100% back her up. Do you? Well, just let me put it in context. A mayor um, will do between 500 and 600 uh, events during a year. Yeah. Most of those are community events that the uh, we're invited to to do an opening to do um, various support. Um, I was at the Stony Stratford Great Apple Day yesterday, um, but the um, program you had on Friday and sta- uh, training standards action and a number of other things that uh, meant that I was advised by the uh, council senior officers. Uh, that it would be inappropriate for the mayor to be at that event on Saturday, and that was the uh, that was communicated to them on uh, Friday about lunchtime, early afternoon, and uh, 
they were certainly sent and they were phoned and then there was an email sent to say that we weren't coming uh, because it would be inappropriate following the revelations on your programme. Well, as you heard Tina speaking to our reporter, Justin Dealey, there, she she was still expecting you, even as they were sweeping up and putting the chairs back up against the walls. They were still well, expecting you. Well, they were spoken to and an email was sent saying I wasn't coming, so they knew on Friday uh, lunchtime. So, do, early uh, afternoon. as Tina was claiming there, do you back them 100%? Well, I don't know what they do. What I did know was that they were a community group that wanted uh, support, and as mayor, I will give support to community groups across the borough. Um, but as I say, when your programme revealed a number of things that were mm. happening and trading standards revealed what they were doing, it was then no longer appropriate for the mayor to go there. How does it work, Brian? Because I would have thought that these... And, and, it, and obviously it's fantastic for a mayor to attend all these things, and it sounds like you're very busy, but I would have thought a mayor or, or someone within your department would, would thoroughly check all of these things you're invited to, just, just in case... Just to prevent you from turning up at something that's inappropriate, shall we say. Well, um, you've got um, one secondary whose job it is, is to um, liaise with different groups. Now, you can do uh, basic checking, but uh, you rely on the community groups to actually um, give you the information. On the face of it, the information we had at the time we accepted was bona fide. So your programme and a number of other things that came together subsequently showed that there were reasons for concern, which is why we pulled out. What happens now, Brian? Do you, I mean, do you investigate Dr. Tina, beloved, powerful anymore, or, or do you do you just kind of put her to one side and ignore the situation there? As mayor, I don't do anything. Yeah. Um, but the council, through its trading standards, will be continuing to investigate, and I've no doubt the issues raised by you will be taken up by the appropriate departments and uh, authorities. Brian, what have you got this week to look forward to? Uh, practice for Strictly MK which oh. is coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which is driving me crazy, but uh, Fan- for a charity. It's fantastic. Are you, are you, are you kind of I've, aching I've in places two, you didn't I've, know existed? I've got two left feet and yep. can't dance. Yep. Uh, and uh, it is an, uh, talking to you is no problem. Doing political interviews, no problem. Dancing, I'm completely out of my comfort zone. Well, Brian, listen, good luck. We'll, we'll let you go and have a, a hot bath and uh, go, go and do a bit more training for it. <laughs> Brian, you. I appreciate your time this morning. Brian White, that's... Uh, uh, the mayor um, uh, of Milton Keynes, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call on that. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. And uh, again, thank you to Justin Dealey for, for um, excellent reporting on this. Uh, he was, uh, remember, he could only speak to Dr. Tina Beloved Powerful after he'd eaten jerk chicken and rice. That was a requirement. She kept avoiding him, avoiding his gaze, and she said, I'll talk to you after you've eaten some jerk chicken. So he did. So it's not all bad news, is it? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, let's have a quick look at some of your comments on Facebook. I, 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 I feel slightly embarrassed that the best we could come up with on Facebook today, I can see JVS setting up in the next studio. He's going to put a killer subject on Facebook. He's going to put a killer subject. We've put, where do you put your vapour rub? Really? That's the best we could come up with. We've let our standards down. Oh. Uh, Luanne says, I'm in with Catherine. Works great. So she puts it on the feet. I can't, what's even more embarrassing is I'm reading these out. <laughs> I'm reading these out. Um, Glenn says, for the kids, I put some on a tissue, then put it inside their pillowcase. I put a little bit on the pillowcase. I wouldn't put it on a tissue in the pillowcase. That's bonkers. 
Thank you very much. Uh, it's quarter past seven. Let's try and get some sense from Adam, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Many have tried, but not many have succeeded. Uh, M1, near Junction 13, southbound. In the outside lane, there's been a three-vehicle accident. This is according to Ian, who called us a minute ago. He said it's already looking slow in the area as you try and get past that. The emergency service is not there yet, but looking busy nonetheless. So that's the M1 near Junction 13 on the southbound side. Got problems on the A1 still at Biggleswade southbound. There's a park blockage where a van hit a lamppost near to Biggleswade south at the home base roundabout. That's the London Road junction, of course. It's already looking a little bit slow on the M11. There are big problems if you are heading across to the M11 because it's been blocked by an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford. Still blocked. Queues now back past Saffron Walden at Junction 9. Two or three cars are involved in that one. It's about a four-mile queue. So if you weren't going to use the M11 this morning, I would suggest you do try and avoid it. M25. Now, that's getting busy as you go anti-clockwise into the roadworks section. Also pretty slow as you go past Watford and then round toward the M40. If you can update us, 08459 455 Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam? Yes? Is it your last day today? No, it's Friday. Friday. Okay, thank well, you. technically just... Sunday, but go on, Friday. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Right, okay. Morning, it's 7.16. It's Monday the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police are revealing a new picture of a man they believe could have abducted Madeleine McCann. Four men are being questioned after a series of anti-terror raids across London last night. And the mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn his support from Havard Business School following an investigation by this show. The weather today, cloudy, without breaks of rain. Coming up, a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. But what do we do about the growing problem of homeless people in the three counties? BBC Three Counties Radio. Another amazing year for British sporting talent. And Andy Murray, 6 4, 7 5, 6 4, has only gone and done it. But who are our unsung sporting heroes? Every year, the BBC recognises people across the UK who aren't stars but simply go that extra mile. They inspire people to take part in sport in all our local communities and for no reward. Chris Froome is the champion of this 100th Tour de France. It's a second British victory inside 12 months. Let us know your sporting unsung hero now. Go to bbc.co.uk slash unsung hero to download a nomination form. Closing date is Wednesday, October the 16th. They all deserve our support. Well... Another homeless hostel has closed in Milton Keynes, this time following complaints about anti-social behaviour. Eight months after the charity Shelter was forced to pull out of the area for financial reasons, reports of drink and drug abuse outside some Mungos in Bletchley have led to the council's decision to refuse retrospective uh, planning permission. Milton Keynes is already struggling to house the homeless. A BBC investigation last month found that 60 families were being housed in temporary accommodation beyond the legal time limit. Well, hopefully later on in the show we'll be speaking to Labour parliamentary candidate Andrew Pakes. But before that, uh, Lynn is in Bletchley. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Now, your house backs onto the hostel, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Uh, uh, what's it been like living there? Um, we, before St Mungo's, we had another charity called St Christopher's, and that was absolutely horrendous as well. What, what, and what was St Christopher's? Was that um, a homeless charity as well? Uh, that was um, a children's home. Right. 
and um, we had them. I have photographs of them on the roof um, at one and two o'clock in the morning. Oh dear. In balls against the fence. These are the children. These are the children. How, how old were the children? Um, these were, I would assume, from sort of fifteen to eighteen. Oh, okay, right. The two, the <coughs> youngsters that are in there now are between eighteen to twenty-one. So these are the homeless people. These in there, are yeah? the homeless right. ones. And what kind of the, thing is, things have been happening recently? Um, we've had uh, where I've called the police, where they've been smashing furniture, shouting and screaming, banging on windows to get in, and these are all. After antisocial behaviour, you know, this uh, after 11 o'clock, that sort of thing. Right. Um, they have been in people's gardens. Uh, one neighbour had his um, shed set alight. Oh, dear. Um, they are... It's, it's constant. Um, we had um, a group of them on the drive trying to get into my son's car. That was on um, New Year's Day night in the early hours of the morning. Um, it's just been horrendous, and this has been going on um, for years and years and years since it was built. What happened when you went to the police about these incidents? Um, I've been to the police on numerous occasions um, and had the URN. The last incident I reported a couple of months ago, they really couldn't be bothered. They just didn't even take my details. They said, OK, yeah, we'll send a car around. Um, and um, have you have you spoke? Did you have you spoken to the management at St Mungo's at any point? We've had as residents, we've had various meetings with the management of St Mungo's. Um, we have asked them to tell us how many um, people are there. They refuse. We have asked them to tell us what their criminal records are, because the majority of them that are there are ex-offenders. And but I suppose, I suppose they're, they're, they're criminal records. We, we have to give everyone a second chance, don't we? Within their criminal well, records, do, are... but it's right next to a school. Right, but their, their criminal records surely are, are, are irrelevant, aren't they? We asked them to tell us what percentage were offenders, ex-offenders, right. and they why is that? Why is that information relevant? That was relevant to one of the people at the meeting. Okay. And I'm assuming um, they refuse... I, I would imagine that information is confidential, isn't it? So they wouldn't have... I, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, there are no curfews. They can come and go any day or night. They tell us that these people are being um, rehabilitated, that they are going to college, um, they are seeking further education. We have asked the figures um, of how many of them, because they're hanging around all day, yeah. um, and they refuse to give us those figures. Uh, uh, so you must be relieved that this, this home is closing. It's not closing. Oh. It's not closing. The council are reapplying for planning permission. Planning permission was granted for that to be a homeless hostel in 2001 or 2002. It was only three years. Right. The council gave the lease to St Mungo's, knowing full well they did not have planning permission for it to be used as a homeless hostel. And we have fought that. They have had to apply for retrospective planning permission. I thought the retrospective planning permission had been turned down. It has been turned down, but they have the right to appeal, right. or the council have the right to, to reintroduce something different. So it's not, it's not going to go away. Well, how does that make you feel, if that's the case? <clears throat> to be perfectly honest with you, in my letter to the council regarding the planning permission, I said that I'm considering moving now. Because it's just, you know, it's just horrendous. So I have to get up for work in the morning, as do most of the residents. And at two o'clock in the morning, when it's all kicking off in there, it's not fair. And it's not 
a once in six months or a once in a year. It's a constant thing. Lynn, thank you very much indeed. Well, we have some confusion in that, which we, which we will investigate. We've been led to believe that the hostel is closing or has closed. Lynn seems to dispute that and thinks that it's uh, it's an ongoing concern. Well, we'll have a little look into that this morning, see if we can clear that up. Uh, I am joined now by Labour parliamentary candidate Andrew Pakes. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Good morning, then. Andrew, you've been extremely critical, haven't you, of the Council's approach to the homeless. What's your reaction to this latest development? Uh, well, it was terrible hearing Lynn's experience and that her, of her neighbours. Now, my understanding was this was shutting down. Uh, yes. So I hear something else is different that's happened. That's what we'd heard uh, as well, but we'll look into it a bit further this morning. Good. Well, I hope if it has, I hope that Lynn and her neighbour's situation gets a lot better. No one should have to put up with that form of antisocial behaviour. No. But the issue does speak to a bigger concern I've got, which is the way the council handles homeless families as a whole. Over the last couple of years, we've shot up to the fourth worst council in the entire of England, worse than some of the big London boroughs, for the number of families illegally kept in B&B accommodation for more than six weeks. So six weeks is the limit they're allowed to be in, and and there are several families uh, in Milton Keynes. I think it's 60 families, isn't it, that have been housed beyond that length of time? It, it's about that figure. Yeah. That's right, you know, and that's bad for the families because what we're seeing is, uh, in many occasions, children as well as their parents taken out of the area they know, taken out of school, adding more pressure to them. But actually, it's also costing council taxpayers money. Uh, we are spending hundreds of thousands of pounds putting people in uh, the wrong kind of accommodation. And I actually think there's, we've now reached a point with homeless accommodation, uh, the amount of affordable accommodation, the number of people now in rent arrears because of things like the bedroom tax, where the council's got to really wake up and take a long, hard look at how it deals with these issues. Well, the government turned down an application from Milton Keynes Council for a grant to combat homelessness because the council isn't prepared to spend enough to tackle B&B use and it doesn't have enough fresh (laughs) ideas. What do you think about that? Well, to give the government its credit where it's due, the government did make extra money available for the likes of us. It turns out that our council was turned down in Milton Keynes because we didn't put a good enough bid together. Uh, and the trouble is, if you if you don't make some of that early investment now, we're going to end up paying more money in the long run uh, as we pay off to landlords who can charge an extortionate rate to keep families in unsuitable accommodation. Andrew, what would you do to combat homelessness in the area? Uh, I'd like to see the council have a real long-term plan. We know the B&B situation and bedsit situation has got worse over the last two years. Milton Keynes used to have a lot better record of this. I'd like to see the council banging heads together uh, with the Housing Association and other local landlords so we can keep families in the area and keep the B&B bill under control. Andrew Pakes, thank you very much indeed. Labour parliamentary candidate. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, show a quick look at the front page of the newspapers. Lots of the front pages of the... The Guardian's very thin today. Uh, Lots of them have got the uh, picture of the photo fit of the gentleman who police want to question uh, about the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. Um, Is this all just a big advert? Am I being cynical? Is this all just a big advert for Crime Watch? It's going to get huge figures tonight on the back of this. Uh, police have issued two e-fits that they believe are descriptions of the same man. One of the descriptions in uh, um, one of the newspapers described him as being white, medium height. He may speak German, aged between 20 and 40. I know that guy. It's all of my friends. It's all of my friends. Uh, and Chancellor opens the door to rich Chinese. Come in, sir. 
Osborne moves to improve relations with Beijing after rift over Dalai Lama. Oh, and brilliant. Uh, Pierce Morgan has got a new book out. Fantastic. Remind me not to put that on my Christmas list. If anybody buys you the new Piers Morgan book for Christmas, they really don't love you. They really hate you. Uh, the Independent. Um, Christine Lagarde there looking haggard. Uh, and Patterson's latest target, wicked opponents of GM. Environmental groups fighting against the use of GM crops in Africa and Asia. Blah, 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 blah. Boring. But it's a really boring front cover of the Independent today. Must try harder. The Daily Telegraph. Fox hunting ban is to be relaxed. Farmers will be allowed to use full pack of hounds to flush out pests in change to law that's likely to provoke furious debate. What a surprise. The Conservatives are giving the thumbs up to fox hunting. Who'd have thunk it? And uh, they've also got uh, the pictures of uh, the gentleman that the uh, police want to talk to about uh, Madeleine McCann. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if they solved this? <clears throat> if they found out what actually happened and they arrested somebody? It could happen. Wouldn't it be amazing if they found her? Now, 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 now. Let's not jump the gun. But it happens. Isn't it? Those girls that were locked up for ten years in those, that house in America. Natasha Kampush, who was locked up. It can happen. Let's do one more and then we'll do the rest later on. Uh, the Times. There's a picture. Have you seen the picture of Boris on the front page of The Times? With two Chinese... Um, uh, uh, opera, peaking opera people and there's Boris looking like a massive plum he's doing a double thumbs up he, he's, he's, doing the, he's doing a double macca, wacky thumbs aloft what a plum GP's too quick to prescribe pills, not quick enough in my book, when I go to the doctor I want pills, otherwise I feel I've been missold, I don't want advice I don't want him to go and tell me you can buy a cough medicine over the counter we know they don't work I don't want him to tell me to put some Vicks on my feet. He might as well say, go to that Chinese shop and buy a load of leaves and boil that rubbish up. Things we know that don't work. Chinese medicine, acupuncture and vapour rub on your feet. It doesn't work. We'll do the Mail and the Express and the uh, Sun a little bit later on, but you can pretty much guess what they're banging on about. It's 7.29. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still hearing reports of problems on the M1 southbound. One lane blocked by an accident at Junction 13 for Bedford and Milton Keynes South. Congestion is back to Newport Pagnell at the services. Thanks to Ian who called us about that one. Further down the M1 it's busy from the A505 to Redbourne. The M40 southbound looking very busy from Stoke and Church to High Wycombe. So it's very slow through there. Slower probably than normal morning. But we haven't had any reports of any problems along that stretch yet. Of course if you spot something do let us know. The A1 southbound through Biggleswell is now clear after the accident at the Biggleswade South home base roundabout junction. Further down, the A1M quite busy from Hitchin to Stevenage. A1 into London is slow through Boreham Wood. If you're going across to the M11, one lane is still closed southbound, a six-mile queue following a three-car accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford. Even the northbound M11 is slow as people slow down to have a look at the accident on the other carriageway. Then on the M25, anti-clockwise delays through the roadwork section, past Watford and then from Maple Cross to the M40. Top data 08459 455555. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann have issued new images of a man who they say is vitally important to the inquiry. Police say the new investigation has provided them with the clearest picture yet of what happened on the night she disappeared. The mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from a business school at the centre of a trademark row following a BBC Three Counties investigation. Brian White was due to go to a graduation ceremony at Havard School, which is being sued by the American University, Harvard. And a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. St Mungo's in St George's Street has been refused retrospective planning permission after reports of residents drinking and causing vandalism. The weather today will be cloudy with outbreaks of rain. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. He only needs a fifth place finish or better at the Indian Grand Prix to win the Drivers' Championship. It's now five wins in a row for the German, who's determined to keep looking forward. But honestly, you know, it's not the, I'm not looking back. I'm uh, trying to look forward. I'm enjoying what happens right now, uh, happens uh, in the moment, and uh, therefore, you know, I'm enjoying today. But uh, yeah, looking forward to get back home enjoy home before we go out uh, and try to you know race hard in India again On to football and Luton Town striker Andre Gray says his hat-trick at the weekend shows he's back on top form The Hatters beat bottom of the table Hyde 4-1 and Gray was pleased with his contribution The gaffer was right and I started pre-season slowly and obviously those strikers have been better so um, obviously at the time I, I probably didn't feel like that but now I look back, I wasn't at my best and I wasn't scoring either. So um, I feel like I'm getting back there now. I've still got a lot of work to do. I think that even though I scored actually today, I could have scored four or five. So um, I've still got to keep working hard. And Elsewhere, Francois Zoko scored both goals in Stevenage's 2-1 win over Brentford. The MK Dons lost at Leighton Orient and in League 2, Wickham beat Torquay. Today, Luton Town find out who they face in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. They joined Biggles Wade, Hemel Hempstead, St Albans, Boreham Wood and Bishop Stortford in this morning's draw. Ashley Cole is out of England's final World Cup qualifier against Poland at Wembley tomorrow. Everton's Leighton Baines, who deputised for him against Montenegro, on Friday looks said to be named at left back well, obviously you enjoy it a lot more when you're playing when you come away on these trips and you know you're going to get a game then and you enjoy it a lot more and it was it was good to be able to prepare for the game in that frame of mind really rather than you know expecting to sort of just be waiting in the wings so I say it's great to be here and be playing and that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at eight Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so... We think we're getting somewhere on clearing up some of the confusion around St Mungo's, the uh, homeless hostel that's closing. Or is it closing? Lynn uh, spoke to us a few minutes ago and she says it isn't closing. Well, Craig Lewis, our reporter, has uh, uh, tweeted me. Gosh... Uh, He says, technically St Mungo's is closing as the retrospective planning permission was turned down. But what Lynn is saying is what most people think, i.e. the appeal will be successful and then it will stay open without ever closing. Okay, so there is still a slight grey area around this. Now, here's a voice I never thought I'd hear on the radio again. What with me banning him for dropping a naughty word? Stephen Dunstable. Morning. You are on a a yellow card. 
Yeah, you have you've been banned for the last six weeks because you did a naughty word. Yeah, we have well, we have, you have been the subject of very high profile meetings amongst various heads of BBC. Oh, I'm glad I've I'm glad I've got to the top then. You have got right <laughs> to the top. Even Ollie the Cleaner was involved in these meetings. Yeah, and we, we have we have decided to give you a second chance. But yeah. w- but watch it, sunshine. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Watch a, free, it. a free democracy. Can't beat it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, what, what, what do you want to say about this uh, the um, homeless situation? Right, right. They, obviously, some of these people that are drinking and taking drugs in this place have got mental issues. And yeah. obviously, why don't the government or the council put all these people into rehab and get them back to work? Try and sort them out instead of putting them into a, well, whatever it's all, a hostel, paying benefits every week, every year, costing us thousands. They could use that money to, put them, to sort them out, surely. Is that not a fair comment? You know, at the end of the day, these people need help, and we, they should be forced to be helped, to oh. be made to get help. Uh, well, but the thing is, if you've got, if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic, you yeah. can't be forced to get help, can you? Yeah, but li- listen, listen. If you've got a nice life. I've got a semi-nice life. Most of us are generally. Well, so, what is wrong with making somebody to your level of life or to near to you? What is what is wrong with that? Oh, it's a great thing to aspire to. Of course, it yeah, is. But... Exactly. So, so we, sometimes you have to be told. We all have to be told. I'm sure you was told when you was in your job at the beginning. You were told what to do. You were told how to do this. So what's, what's the difference being told how to do but, your job and listen to your boss and and the somebody or the government telling these people to get into rehab, sort them out, but and stop wasting you, their money you, as you, well. You, it's you, not just the money. It's just they are people. They need help. Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. And it's, it's very sensitive of you. But uh, you, you missed the point I was making. And there, there are two points here. But let's stick with this first one. If someone is a drug addict or an alcoholic, you can't make them get clean and sober up. They have to want it. You can't... You, you, I've heard so many stories of people being forced into rehab and then they come out and the first thing they do is they stop off at the pub and phone their dealer. You can only get clean <laughs> when you're ready to. Well, to be honest, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I still think they need a shove because surely after three or four months they might realise, oh yeah, they might probably thank you for putting them in there because they've gone through five or six months of for and sort themselves out a bit for... You know, and obviously there's other probably underlying mental issues. We don't know what's happened in people's lives. We don't know what's, what the fallout is. Well, you can't is. just give people who've got mental health problems a shove. Well, you, you, of course you can, to help them, to put them up. How, would you, them sh- how would you shove a, mental, a mentally ill person? <laughs> well, I mean, he's making go to rehab, sedate them, get them off the drink or the drugs. Sedate them? Think, so give them yeah. more drugs? No, yeah, yeah, right. These are good drugs. <laughs> 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 these have got the best of both worlds. They can have the drugs, but they can get better on these ones. The other drugs don't make them better, do they? Steve, there you go. You see, see how easy it was not to, to do it without using indoor language, without without no, exercising no. your posse mouth. I'm on a building site, mate. You want to? You, you, you need to get out a bit more. Well, listen, I, no, no, listen. <laughs> I, I've, I use swear words when I need to, but just not on the radio at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, I can't help that. I'm, well, I'm mentally you... ill. I'm mentally Ill myself. Oh, and the other it. issue is, right, the other issue is, yes. these people, that are, don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against these people that have complained, you know, they live in their lovely house and they've yeah. got a lovely car, but surely, that you know, we're supposed to live in a tolerant, which I keep hearing every day of my life, yeah. I can't believe, that they're supposed to be tolerant to people, but why can't they be tolerant to these people? These people you... have got issues. These what... other people have got a nice car, Gone to work. Yeah, well, right someone was trying brilliant. to. St- the load of them were trying to break into that nice car. Yes, I, I, that's what I'm just saying. I've got nothing against them, but what I'm saying also, the, was it the minority that complained? I live in a democracy where majority rules, not minority. So if a minority complain, why does everything get shut down or the police arrest someone because five or six local residents have complained about this? 
and the, the majority of but people they were quite it, they were so. quite they were quite horrific complaints furniture being smashed yeah, no, someone not, trying I'm to break into her that. son's car yeah, i'm not disputing it. i'm not what i'm saying to you but the first thing that i said to you is if all that was done it wouldn't get to the stage of these people complaining would they steve thank you very much indeed stephen dunsmore who's uh, who's served his time although he doesn't seem that repentant about he dropped an f-bomb uh, a, a while ago, and that was it. He was off. But he doesn't seem that repentant, and he's hinted it may happen again. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are then. I think that means I'm actually responsible for it if it happens. So, don't. Uh, John's on the N25. Morning, John. Good morning. What have you called in for, sir? Well, you were asking about the M40 problem earlier on your traffic. Oh, yeah, Adam Glynn said there, there are problems on the M40, but he doesn't quite know why. Yeah, I went past it this morning. There was a four-car pile-up in the outside lane at High Wycombe. Oh, dear. About, that was at about 20 to 7 I passed it, so I don't know what it's like now. But that's why it was really bad. OK, where, where was that again, John? That was at south, heading southbound in the outside lane at the High Wycombe Junction, Junction 4. And, and is traffic there pretty, pretty bad? It took me five minutes to get oh, past okay. it. At 20, at 20 to 7, but obviously time's moved on now and it's busier. Time does move on. John, thank you very much indeed. That's what I Thank you for that. I like to call that local and indeed vocal. We're talking about vapour rub. You know that kind of g- g- oily, greasy stuff that you, you, you put on your chest or around your nose when you have a cold? Well, Catherine Boyle, would you, would you just remind us of the nonsense suggestion. Put it on your feet. Put Sorry? It, on your feet. it was something that um, I tried out when my ba- babies were babies. They're yeah. not babies anymore. No. They don't. They wriggle a bit more when I try to put it on their feet. But um, it's great. You put it on. You put the little onesie over the top. Yep. They sleep all night long. One of my favourite things to do is when I'm bunged up. I might do it today. Is get a big bowl of hot boiling water. Yeah. And put. You're supposed to put like a little drop of it in. Put two big scoops, two big dessert spoon scoops into the bowl. Really? Yeah. But then you won't have it for ten years, like most people. You know, Vicks. Yeah. We've had the same pot. We'll have it forever. We've had when uh, my uh, mum moved out of a house four years ago, and I had to clear the house out. I found. These, so I was, I was 36. I found the same tub of Vaseline that she'd used on me as a baby. And there were still loads in there! You see, I should have sent that to a laboratory. Imagine all the diseases and things they would have found can on there. Can it go off? I don't think Vaseline can. I think, I, no, I don't think it can. It's, it's infinite, its lifespan. I think our Vicks might be 70s. Wow, That's, that could be worth some money. Stay on Antics Roadshow. Uh, Zara's in Aylesbury. Morning, Zara. Hi, Zara, you, what's this? Not, you don't buy into this nonsense about putting vapour rub on children's feet, do you? I didn't, but I do now. W- when did you start doing this? Oh, just uh, two, two nights ago. Um, I was fed up of being awake three whole nights with my child. Yeah. Someone suggested it, and I tried it, you know, never believing it, and it worked. So this is a recent discussion. So uh, the, 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 the conversation I'm having with Catherine is, is very pertinent to you at the moment. Absolutely, and I'm such a believer now. I'm telling everyone about it. But how does it work on their feet? You can't smell it. Um, you can't. I think it works the same way where if you eat garlic or you oh no, you stand in garlic and you can smell it in your breath. What? So I presume it's sort of. Have you heard of that? <laughs> you know, if you stand in, in rub garlic on your feet, you can smell it in your breath. No. It somehow gets into your system and, you know, I, right. I just think... You know I'm totally doing that today. Oh, I'm doing that with the... I've got the boys today. I'm doing that with the boys. Boys, come and stand in this garlic. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that, that can't be true. 
It is. The body is strange and wonderful. You'd be surprised. It, well, it is strange. Zara, thank you. It is strange. Not always wonderful. But hang on. The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's con- it's not connected to the mouth bone at all, is it? You've got absorbent feet, like a flower. The, the neck, well, you buy into all this reflexology. <gasps> I don't, I just Bless know that... Bless you, Kelly. You. Sorry, we're doing a radio. A fix. Or any works. other product before we get in trouble for banging on about I know, it too but much. but we all know which one's there. Yeah. Anyway, so, no, it works. Why question it? But but the... the refle- I've done it on myself. What, reflexology? No, vi- on the feet. The reflexology is over. the the rubbing of the foot. That That's just nice. It doesn't... It's not... You, you see the... Oh, they're rubbing your... T- oh, I'm rubbing by your heel. You've got, you've got um, something wrong with your... You've got headaches, haven't you? You've got headaches. To be honest, that whole idea makes me feel a bit funny. I don't like people touching feet. Really? Mm. No, I'm a little bit funny about it. I told you I had a Thai woman walking on me the other day. Was she in her bare feet? Um, she had high heels. No, she was in a... She, she was... There was nothing sexual about it. She, it, was, it was a wonderful Thai massage. She was in bare feet and she was walking on my buttocks... Oh, it felt good, and not in a no, not in a pervy way, in a very relaxing, intense, deep way. My hairdresser's got one of those chairs that massages. Oh, they're rubbish. It does seem to concentrate a lot on the slightly pervy (laughs) chair. Thank you very much, Catherine Boyle. Oh eight four five. If you stand in garlic, your breath smells. That cannot be true. Can we get like a um um a podiatrist? Is that? That, that's, that's a podiatrist is a foot doctor, right? I'm, I think. Can, can we get somebody on before the end of the show who can tell us whether that is nonsense or indeed science fact? Or maybe you've done it. Have you stood in garlic and your breath has smelt of garlic? That's like saying if you stand in milk, you'll, um, you'll cry milk. I don't know. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's something. Anyway. 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. It's coming up to a quarter to eight. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40's been looking very slow this morning southbound. We had a call come in from John. Thank you very much, John. Said there was an accident there earlier this morning as you go past High Wycombe at Junction 4. It's gone. All lanes have reopened, but it's still very, very slow back as far as Stoke and Church at Junction 5. They only managed to reopen the lane that was closed about ten minutes ago, so that's why it's still looking quite busy. But John said the accident was a little bit earlier this morning. M1 southbound slow after an accident. That one's now on the hard shoulder and it's as you go past Junction 13 at Bedford. Congestion's back to Newport Pagnell and the services. Further down southbound slow from the A505 toward Redbourne. A1M looking busy past Stevenage. The A1 into London looking slow. Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. And issues if you're trying to go across to the M11. Southbound still one lane closed. A six mile queue approaching the scene of an accident just between Saffron Walden and Stansted. Junction 9 and 8. And of course the northbound side is queuing as people slow to have a look. M25 that's stop start as you go anti-clockwise through the roadworks section toward Potter's Bar, busy from St Albans to Watford, and then slow all the way round to the M40. If you can update us, 08459 455555. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 7.46, it's Monday the 14th of October, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's, uh, the police are revealing a new picture of a man they believe could have abducted Madeleine McCann. The Mayor of Milton Keynes says he can no longer support Havard Business School in the new city following an investigation by this show. A homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the people staying there. 
Coming up, a meeting to decide whether to close Hemel Hempstead's old town for seven weeks will take later take place later this morning. We were talking about this last week. Heard some um, incredible stories from a, a lot of the local businesses there who are in very serious trouble. Some of them are in huge debt. Some of their business is down by 40%. They're worried they won't last beyond Christmas. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. We do have some more wet weather around today, this time in the form of showers, so the rain's going to be on and off really uh, coming and going those showers through the rest of the day some of them could be quite heavy particularly into the afternoon there's lots of cloud around plenty of dry spells in between the showers so it's not all bad news uh, but it will be quite cloudy a few brighter spells emerging at times possibly into the afternoon uh, a few spells of sunshine but that in turn of course is going to trigger off more showers so um, yes there will be some wet weather on and off through today temperatures very disappointing rather chilly between 11 and 13 degrees celsius as a high that's 55 in Fahrenheit, a little bit of a breeze too at times. Now into this evening, the showers will fade away to leave us with a dry night. Watch out for some mist patches into tomorrow morning, particularly over the higher ground and of course where we get the clear spells overnight. We might even see temperatures drop low enough for a touch of grass frost. So locally, it's going to feel quite chilly tonight, but tomorrow the best day of weather for the week, I suspect. We'll see lots of brightness and sunshine and it will stay dry too, but temperatures still on the chilly side. That's all going to change through the middle part of the week. Um, we've got a southwesterly wind um, back to normal by the time we get to Wednesday. We are going to see some rain tracking on this. But by the time we get to Thursday, we'll see a return to the milder conditions. A pretty nice day. Again, it will feel a bit warmer and we'll see some sunshine around on Thursday as well. So the weather all up and down over the next few days or so. That's the forecast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Who's a businesswoman and a broadcaster. Isn't it annoying when you just miss the end of something? Those are the headlines. There's a full bulletin at full. You have to turn the radio off. Or there's just so many interesting things, you don't have time to listen to them all. There's a lady here. Hello, have you got the treasure for me? I have the treasure. I lost him when I was 11 and he certainly made a great impression on me. Then why not use BBC iPlayer Radio? She developed a cocaine habit that cost her over £120 a day. You can listen again to our programmes and even see what our presenters look like. You look like Mr Stamper from a James Bond film. Head to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and make BBC Three Counties Radio unmissable. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. A meeting to decide whether to close Hemel Hempstead's old town to traffic for seven weeks will take place later this morning. Roadworks to implement a one-way system are already two months behind schedule and some shopkeepers say a further closure could put them out of business. Traders are accusing the workforce of being lazy. As we found out last week, the uh, council has installed CCTV to monitor the workforce. I've never heard of that happening before. Well, last week, our reporter, Justin Dealey, spoke to Jamie Boast from the contractors Jackson Civil Engineering. Jamie, it's now 10.31. There's a man there reading a newspaper. It's still, it's still his break. I, I, I thought I, you said 10.30. We have our breaks from 10 to 10.30. Um, if this gentleman What's he reading? His, <laughs> I do not know. It's probably the Hemel Gazette. Here we are with a BBC. I've got a BBC yeah. badge around my no. neck. And there he is. It's 10.31. He's got a newspaper. And he's reading the newspaper. Uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment. And you're laughing. Jamie? 
Jamie. It's going to follow you up the stairs here. Jamie, I just want to get comment. It's 10.31. You said their break's finished at 10.30. He's still reading his newspaper in the digger. No, no, I said we take a half-hour break. It usually starts at 10 and runs to 10.30. But we're flexible, depending on what activities we're doing. So, so would you mind if I go and ask him right now when he took his break? Uh, it's not a problem. Well, Justin did go downstairs, and uh, eventually, 10.35, the fella started working again. So it took... De- There's an irony. It took, took Dealey's presence to get somebody to start working. Wow. Well, Fiona Rolls runs Quality Clothes Exchange. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning. Fiona, what, what's happening at this meeting today? Because there was a meeting last week, wasn't there? It uh, was. And so what's, what's this meeting going to sort out? Um, well, they promised to come back to us today with a new schedule of works because the main issue we all had last week was the fact that they wanted to close the road with effect from today for seven weeks with just limited access. And how much of a problem would that be for you and your business? It would probably kill my business, given that we're going in the run-up to Christmas. Because with the best wood in the world, it is difficult to remember that the road is shut and to, to go automatically to the diversion route. And so perhaps when you arrive and you see the road closed, you think, well, I won't bother and I'll go somewhere else. And, you know, that's just human nature. Um, it's, you know, not... Um, um, disrespect for my customers and the customers who shop in the high street it's just the way things are that you know you're busy at this time of year anyway and so to put yourself out to follow a diversion route when you hadn't realized the road was closed um, just takes more time out of your day we spoke to some uh, um, the shopkeepers last week and heard the effect that the road closures have had on them how, how is it affecting your business um, if I give you the example of my actual footfall, because I think that's probably a clearer indicator yeah. than pounds and pence. Um, I do monitor the number of customers that walk through my door, and from the beginning of the roadworks to August, that number was down 30%. Since they started working outside my shop, which was actually Thursday the 12th of September, and incidentally they're still working outside my shop, so a month later, I've lost a further 10% of numbers coming through the door. And given that probably 50 to 60% of customers purchase when they come in, um, you know, you don't need to be a mathematician to work out how much money I am losing. So if this seven-week closure goes ahead, yeah. you really think your business could, could close? That's I it. think it will be extremely difficult, and I would have to be incredibly creative to encourage more people up here in the run-up to Christmas. Um, I did say right at the start of this works, that um, they were leaving it too late by having the road works completing at the end of October because my Christmas purchasing starts September through to probably the end of November. December's a quieter month for me. So, you know, to say that the roadworks will go on until the end of November and they'll leave it road work free for the month of December probably won't do me any good. We heard lots of stories last week about um, uh, people kind of spotting the workmen not really doing any work, just being men. Have, have you spotted things like that? Um, I do spot them occasionally. I have to say, because they're not working outside my shop that often, hence why it's taken over a month to create a parking bay, um, I see them a lot sitting in their vans opposite in the only parking bay that has been created, which is quite ironic that they're hogging the parking bay spaces instead of allowing that to be free during the day so that customers could park there quickly and pop into the shop. Fiona, what situation would work for you? What, what would be the best outcome of the meeting this morning for you? 
Um, for me, and I think for the rest of the traders, is that they don't start any further work, so no more digging any other new areas, and just keep the road closures to an absolute minimum in these next seven weeks and finish what they have done, and then they're going to have to come back in the new year and start again. Because my feeling is, I know in January I will be quieter, and I think most of the other businesses are the same. So once you get over that Christmas post-sale period um it does die down the restaurant business dies down the pub trade dies down it's just an automatic automatic thing and so i think if they did that um, and then came back and restarted the work then that would work all round for us fiona thank you very much uh, for your time this morning i hope things work out for you we'll be following that story very very closely and um seeing what the latest is. The meeting uh, is uh, happening later on this morning and uh, we will find out what the results are. That's Fiona Rolls, who runs the Quality Clothes Exchange. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're in for a treat. We had three newspapers left. Three newspapers, the Daily Mail. Madeleine McCann. Picture of the gentleman they're looking for. But their biggest story is slash benefits for EU migrants. PM urge to act as those here without a job hit six hundred thousand pounds. Uh, six hundred thousand. David Cameron was last night urged to slash benefits for immigrants from Europe. The calls came after a study revealed a sharp rise in the number of EU migrants without a job living in Britain uh, to more than six hundred thousand, the equivalent of a city the size of Glasgow. Uh, Daily Express. Uh, Maddie, pictures of new suspect. Police issue two photo fits of the same man they want to question. These are the images of a new suspect police want to track down. Two EFIT pictures of the same man with a German connection were released today. But here's uh, the, the son of... Son of given a tiny little sidebar, I believe it's called, to um, Madeleine McCann. Their more important story is the uh, Katie Price exclusive. And boy, oh boy, you can see why it's an exclusive, because it's not interesting! Pete built a career by trashing mine, says Katie Price, as she trashes Peter Andre's career. Katie Price, sensationally. Does she do anything sensationally? Sensationally slams Peter Andre in the sun today, bitterly accusing her ex-hubby of trashing her reputation? Her reputation as a tart that gets her knockers out for money? That's that's what she. But just before the legal team get involved, that's what she does, isn't it, Catherine? Wow, isn't it? You actually called someone a tart. Well, but but I mean that's the, the that's her job description, isn't it? Mm, no. What's her job description? Um, I think she is described as a model stroke entrepreneur. She gets her knocks out. Does she get them out anymore? I don't think she does. Well, there's. Uh, well, I don't know if she does, but she. Okay, People she has, remember them. <laughs> they, they're certainly eye catching, aren't they? <laughs> they will catch. They will catch your eye. Uh, and your attention, but that, I mean that's that's what she's famous for is having her boobs enlarged. Yeah. Sadly, I'm trying to help her out here, but she's uh, not an easy. She's also to an defend. author, of course. She's written many, many books, many, many autobiographies. Have you ever read any of them? <laughs> oh come on! Would you, are you actually asking me that question? She's written some about ponies, hasn't she? Is that a euphemism? No, actual ponies. Wow. No. Yeah. She, she's on I children's think, books. This is like her fourth autobiography, though. She's she's thirty five. Thirty five. She should stop doing stuff. Yeah, just stop doing stuff. I mean, I met her once, and she was very charming and very nice. But I mean, just come on, stop doing stuff. 
I'm just amazed anyone wants to know her stuff anymore. People do, though. People, thank you, Catherine. People look up to her. I'm not quite sure I'm thanking you, so. People look up to her. Young girls look up to her as a role model. She is a role model. No, she's not. Look up to doctors and astronauts and scientists and, and teachers as role models. Not Katie Flippin' Price. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still pretty slow on the M40 southbound. This is after an accident earlier this morning. Now on the hard shoulder, and it's from High Wycombe back to Stoke and Church, where the queues are. M1 southbound is slow. Again, we had an accident. That's been moved out of the way as well. It's on the hard shoulder as you go past Junction 13 Bedford, but that's causing congestion back to the Newport Pagnell services. Further down southbound on the M1, delays from the A505 toward Redbourne, and slow through Dunstable down toward Markyate on the A5. A1M southbound is heavy from Stevenage and around Hitchin, so Junction 8 to 7 on the southbound side. A1 into London through Boreham Wood. You've got queues on the cameras from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. If you're going across to the M11 it's not great this morning. Southbound there's about a six mile queue after an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford. That's slow back to Duxford. Northbound slow as well past the scene. And the M25 anti-clockwise stop start through the roadworks queuing from St Albans to Watford and very slow from Watford onwards to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Adam. I was having a production meeting. I wasn't. I was looking at Twitter. Sorry. Sorry. I apologise. Lots coming up in the next hour of the show, including the latest on the Harvard Harvard situation. Justin Dilley's done a cracking report. We'll hear that after this. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, new pictures of Madeleine McCann suspects, the mayor cancels visit to Milton Keynes' graduation and complains about a homeless hostel in Bletchley. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann are asking for the public's help to identify a man they say is of vital importance to the inquiry. Madeleine was almost four when she vanished from her family's apartment in the Algarve in 2007. Detective Chief Inspector Andy Redwood says the man must be traced. The EFITs are clear and I'd ask the public to look very carefully at them and if they know who this person is, please come forward. The Mayor of Milton Keynes says he can no longer support a business school in the new city following an investigation by BBC Three Counties. Brian White was due to attend the graduation ceremony at Havard School, which is being sued by the American University, Harvard. Mr White says he was advised not to go after this programme revealed claims on the college website were misleading. What I did know was that they were a community group that wanted support, and as Mayor I will give support to community groups across the borough. But as I say, when your programme revealed a number of things that were mm. happening and trading standards revealed what they were doing, it was then no longer appropriate for the mayor to go there. A homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the people staying there. Residents who live near St Mungo's in St George's Street say they're fed up with antisocial behaviour. We've been bullied out of our back garden. We've been our children been bullied out of the back gardens. You know, swearing, things like that. Things being thrown into the garden. They get drunk and they climb on the roof of the building and they smash the place up constantly. 
A landmark court case opens in Spain this morning with the makers of thalidomide facing their victims for the first time. It's claimed the drug may have harmed more children than previously thought. Carl Davis from Luton was born with short arms because of the drug. He says the company behaved despicably. A couple of years ago, they issued um, a, a so-called apology, but it wasn't really. What they said was they regretted the, uh, the consequences of what happened, and I bet they are, be, because they're facing a lot of adverse publicity now. And it's about time that medical companies around the world actually you know, woke up, smelled the coffee, and actually lived up to their responsibilities. A lollipop man has quit his post after being reprimanded for high-fiving schoolchildren. The council told Bob Slade the job required crossing supervisors to have their full attention on the road with one hand on their lollipop and the other fully outstretched. In sports, Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is now just a whisker away from another world title. Victory in the Japanese Grand Prix means he only needs to be finished in fifth place or better in India. The weather for beds, hearts and bunks will be cloudy to Today, with outbreaks of rain, top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I had something terrifying happen to me in my car the other day. I was, I was driving down the... Um, I just turned off the M4 at Junction 15 to go towards Gloucester. I don't know what that road is. The A419, something like that. Anyway... And I was singing along to the Beach Boys, but I, suddenly I couldn't open my jaw. I could only open my jaw a, a little bit, a little bit like that. No, it wasn't Barbara, and I hate that song. Uh, and it, then it locked. My jaw locked. It would only open a tiny bit. And to get it to unlock, I had to tilt my jaw to the right-hand side, and so it would go... It would click like that, and then open, and then I could open. But every time I closed it, I had to do the same thing. And I was in the car having a little panic attack. Now, some of you may be regretting the fact that my jaw is working properly now. Tough. And I had to say, say to myself, keep calm, and don't panic, don't panic. Because I couldn't open my mouth, that's why I was saying it like that. Eventually, it, it managed to open, but it's terrible. Does anyone know what that is? Is that, Can I get a blue badge for that? Is that a condition? It possibly could be. Anyway, lots coming up on the show this morning, including... The latest on the Havard-Harvard scandal. You may remember we spoke to the head of the Havard School on Friday. She told me that students weren't being charged yet. Well, they are being charged yet. We'll have the latest on that in a bit. After the closure of another homeless shelter, this time in Bletchley, we're getting reports of a noticeable increase in the number of people sleeping rough outside Milton Keynes Station. Have you seen them? Can you give us a call and let us know? And also the battle to save the high street continues in Hevel this morning. As shopkeepers in the old town face yet another meeting to discuss the overrunning work roadworks, they say a killing trade. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR. And you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of uh, the shops in um, uh, Hemel, in the old town, that are, are really struggling, is Mary in Hemel. Morning, Mary. Morning, Ian. Mary, are you... We... Go on, sorry, go sorry. on. Sorry. No, I was, saying, I was going to say, as I told Kelly, we live in Hemel. Yes. And after everything we heard on the radio in the week, yeah. we walked through the old town on our way home on Saturday. And I was horrified. 
Why were you horrified? Well, as you entered, uh, when you, if you're driving up Queensway and can turn left into the old town, it isn't really that apparent that you can actually get the car all the way up. There are red and white barriers the whole way up and far more barriers than any people at all. Um, we walked up, you have to cross the road. The pavement in places is one person wide, as is access to the shops. Um, and I have no idea when the workmen are working, how uh, lorries unload, people are dropped off at the hairdressers or any of the antique shops unload stuff. Um, how do emergency vehicles get through mm. when you've got a digger or a four by a JCB in front of you? It sounds a bit of a nightmare. and We are hearing that if, if the council don't make the right decision, uh, several of these businesses seriously face closure which is which is a terrible thing we're trying to we're trying to come up with a plan here of something that we can do that's a little bit more proactive than just talking about it talking about it's good because it draws attention to it and hopefully it yeah. might encourage one or two people to to pop along and spend a few quid but we're, we're, we're trying to come up with with an idea here we can't quite yeah we're not quite sure what to do whether we kind of well have a day where we encourage know. everyone to go in and spend a fiver in one of the shops or something i don't know well I think perhaps they should have put more thought into how the work was going to be done before they started. Why dig up both sides of the street completely? Why not work on sides, get that done, do the other, or do half the half the high street and then the other bit? That would seem, Mary. What you're saying there is too logical and sensible. It's too sensible, Mary. Thank you very much indeed. It's too sensible to do one side of the road, then the other. Crazy idea. We are trying to come up with a, a proactive plan. We don't know what it is yet. So if you've got any suggestions, then do give us a, a, a call. Now, on to the Harvard-Harvard situation, which, uh, if you missed the show on Friday, it really was uh, a, a cracking interview. The Mayor of Milton Keynes has withdrawn support from a business school at the centre of a trademark infringement row following, well, following this show on Friday. Brian White was due to go to a graduation ceremony at the Milton Keynes-based Harvard School, which is being sued by the American University, Harvard. But after my interview with the owner, Dr. Tina Beloveth-Powerful, which revealed police and trading standards are investigating her online claims, he pulled out. On Friday's show, Dr. Tina told me she wasn't charging her students a penny. We went down free of charge but you, without taking any penny from but you them. Did, when I asked you what the cost was, you did say three it and is, a half yes, thousand pounds. It is, yes, that is, yes. So where does that money go, that three and a half thousand pounds? I said that is the cost, but we never charged any one of them. So that you've is never what charged anybody? We have not charged those students that were graduating. Because have you ever charged anybody? I have not for now. Well, that was uh, Tina talking to me on uh, Friday. Justin Dealey went to the ceremony, didn't you, Justin? I did. Very, very interesting afternoon, Ian. Now, we were told, that, as you just heard there, that no students are paid. But you found at least one student who had paid. Yes, uh, that is correct. I spoke to Nock just after the ceremony. And I put the question to her, how much did she pay for this course? Well, there were supposed to be 36 modules, but we didn't complete because of the time factor. You know, we had um, 22 modules, so I paid 220. So each module was £10. Mm-hmm. So you paid £220. You've handed that over to the school. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you were learning the course, where did you study? I study in one of the rooms in Christ the Church Cornerstone. Would you describe that as a campus? No. no it's just a small room in a church? Yeah. Let me ask you this finally. If you paid £3,500 for this course, would you feel ripped off? Well, the thing is, 
people have to be honest and transparent what they're selling, you know. So by describing a campus, which is in actual fact a room inside a church, do you feel that's being transparent? So one uh, person there who had paid, which goes Mm -hmm. uh, completely against um, what was uh, said, some students have paid, we heard earlier that Dr Tina, beloved powerful, didn't want to talk to you until you'd had something to eat. I believe it was some jerk chicken and rice. Some jerk chicken, yes. Uh, Once you cleared your plate like a good boy, did she have anything to say to you? Well, of course, on our website, um, the price is £3,500 and £5,500 for these courses. Yes, she did eventually agree to talk to me after I'd had some jerk chicken. Um, Inside that room, it was very loud. Uh, She claimed that she couldn't walk out of that room and talk to me because she was tired so again I had to wait until everybody had left and the room was quiet enough to conduct an interview I waited and I waited we eventually got the interview in and this is what happened well Tina you kept me waiting about an hour or so Um, a few key questions for you you told us on Friday's show you hadn't taken a penny off your students some of the students are saying to me that they have given money to you what's your reaction to that that's what I'm saying I have not taken any money from my students because I gave them scholarship all of them scholarship what they paid for is the handout the manual 10 10 pound that's what they paid for manual so why did you say to us on friday you hadn't taken a penny off your students i have not taken a penny from them because i gave them scholarship we've got them on tape saying they paid you 220 pounds they didn't pay me 200 and what they're telling you probably you're misconstruing them no well you're misconstruing them what they told you they pay for is the handouts which enables them to understand the teaching the biblical teaching biblical teaching so that is what they paid for you're talking about charging on your website three and a half thousand and five and a half thousand pounds for these courses when are you going to start charging those prices yes we're believing god that by next year january january next year january down we will start you know when our students you understand start charging 3,500 for home students. And 5,500 for yes. students from overseas? Yes, 5,000, yes, 5,500 for students overseas by the power of God, by the special grace of God. Is that great value for money? What do you think? We have not charged any penny. But when you start charging those prices, is that, then, good, is that good value for money? That, yes, good value when we start charging it. So that's going to be happening from January? Yes, please. You claim to have two campuses. They are two rooms inside a church. You have false accreditation on your website. You also claim to have a library. Uh, That is a public library. You also claim to have a central office. That is your flat. You're being investigated by the police. You're being investigated by trading standards. What would you say to any of our listeners right now who are accusing you of being a fraudster? This is your chance to put the record straight. What would you like to say to our listeners? These are false allegations. I am doing grand and great work, noble work. You have seen how happy, how transformed people who were never educated in their lives have just been put through to be educated. At no cost. I do great and wonderful. In fact, I'm going to get MBA award from the Queen herself. She will congratulate me. You think that's going to happen? Seriously? Very sooner than later. I tell you from Are my you heart. Are living of in a fantasy world, Tina? I am telling you from my heart of hearts that the next thing, the next time you see me on television, being congratulated for what the great, the kind of work I am doing in Milton King. Are you deluded? I'm telling you, you have seen with your own eyes. Except, of course, you are not. You're not, if you're genuine, if you're genuine and you're frank and you're truthful, 
I'm being frank. I'm yes, inside I'm a church yes. hall. This is not a campus. This is a campus. What do you understand by a campus? A campus, a place of learning, is a place where lecturers and students meet. So you can go to bed at night and you can sleep easy knowing you're not misleading the public. You not can do at that. at all, yes, with a lot of emphasis. You saw with your own eyes. You saw the happiness. You saw the joy. You mm. saw it's so transparent. These are people under normal circumstances who will not have gotten education because, you, the, you know, the government are, you know, skyrocketing, you know, Prizes, school fees. Are you worried you're going to be arrested? Who is going to be arrested? <laughs> is is You've been investigated by yes. the police and by the trading standards. Yes, Are you worried that you're going to be arrested? So, but Are you, you living in fear, team? So Wait, wait. How can I live in fear? You understand? How can I you're live being in investigated fear? by the police? If, yes. I'm not. I'm not being investigated by police because good, good name... You know, is you are being investigated by the police. That's what you say. Investigated and look at me talking with you. So where is the police that is investigating me? You understand? If you arrest me because I am in your country, you you want to arrest me? You know that just like you have arrested, you arrested Nelson Mandela. Mm. Just like you arrested Nelson Mandela, but I I can assure you that you will not arrest me because I will. If you understand, it's not not. I don't know how to put it. Well, Justin, I've, I've just found the di- dictionary definition of campus. It's, mm-hmm. uh, number one, the grounds, often including the buildings of a college, university of school. Number two, a college or university. Three, a division of a university that has its own grounds, buildings and faculty. Uh, it doesn't mention a, a, a church hall. Well, I was inside that church hall in Milson Keynes on Saturday. I would say that that church hall, again, just giving an honest assessment here, I would say that church hall would sit down 50 people absolute maximum. Again, I can only describe, Ian, what I saw yep. at the weekend. I was inside a church hall. That, for me, was not a campus. And just one final quick thing, through. we are a little bit late, but she, she mentions that she'll be charging the £3,500 for British nationals and £5,500 for foreign uh, students from next year. Yep. I've noticed on her website you can make those payments quite conveniently via PayPal, if you mm. want. I don't think that's, that's standard university practice. Well, again, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in that field. Um, that's what it says on their website. We're not quite sure. Well, well, certainly last week when those fees were going to be coming into play. We now know for a fact that's going to be happening from January. And she feels that those prices are great value for money. And as you heard her say as well, that uh, she's doing so much good work locally that she will be awarded an MBE by the Queen. Justin Dilley, thank you very much indeed. It's 8.16, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the Travel Now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Still looking busy on the M40 southbound after an accident earlier near High Wycombe at Junction 4. It's on the hard shoulder, but you'll still find some queues back as far as Stoke and Church at Junction 5. And the A404 is looking a little bit slow coming up toward Junction 4 of the M40. So at the Handy Cross roundabout, you can expect some delays there. M1 southbound busy. There was an accident near to Bedford at Junction 13. It's all off the carriageway, but still congestion back to Newport Pagnell and the services. Busy as well as you continue toward London from the A505 toward Redbourne and slow on the A5 through Dunstable and Markgate. Southbound A1M is slow hitch into Stevenage. Delays into London through Boreham Wood with queues on the A1 from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. If you're going across to the M11, there's still one lane closed southbound, a six-mile queue approaching an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford. Slow northbound past the scene, and the M25 anti-clockwise stop-start all the way through the roadworks section this morning, plus queues from St Albans around to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
I do apologise. Jonathan, stop, sorry, stop, stop it's my fault. <laughs> I've not seen him for a couple of weeks. I was off poorly. You were bunking off on a holiday, and we're getting all the gossip. Yes. Tell me about the gentleman on the plane after I've done the news. On air. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, no. Can you tell it on air? No. <laughs> tell, tell me about it after this, then. It's 8.18. It's Monday, the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police are revealing a new picture of a man in connection with the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. The Mayor of Milton Keynes says he can no no longer support Havard Business School in the new city following an investigation by this show. And a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the people staying there. Weather today, cloudy without breaks of rain. Coming up, we'll be speaking to Pastor Stephen Dungu from the Jesus Celebration Centre in Milton Keynes, which Havard's website claims it uses the centre as a campus. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. (laughs) You're going to start that trend. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. We, we were so busy talking oh. about something else, we didn't get to hear about the men on your aeroplane that infected you. Oh, they were awful. Really? I got on the plane yeah. uh, week last Saturday, yeah. and these men got on. They were, the, they were going off to play golf oh, in, in the south of Spain. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know what's worse, men going off to play golf or men going off on a stag. Oh, they were awful, though. Yeah. They were awful men. And one of them was making the most disgusting noises sitting behind me, and I could feel myself being infected. Clearing his throat and things. Oh, I can't even go into the noises he was making. I've never heard a human being make noises like it. It was disgusting. Wow. And I could feel the, I could feel it coming through the seat, yeah, yeah, yeah. the germs. And I'm putting my, my jumper over my mouth. I'm thinking, I've got to try and protect myself. Yeah. Of course, two days into the holiday, got a sinking cold, don't I? Yeah, of course you do. If you want to get ill, go, go and sit on an aeroplane for a few hours, because mm. that's it. It's all passed around. You're breathing it. You're basically licking somebody else's lungs. Oh. <laughs> right, do you ever, we have a, a, a guest on the show who pops up occasionally who um, makes, uh, I won't give any more details, but makes those noises whilst on the phone line. Really? Yeah, I'm going to write down the name of that person. Oh, no, my, my, my pen has stopped working. Have you got, have you got a pen on you? I haven't got a pen, no. I'll find a on, pen. On this, right. You tell me what's coming up on your show and I'll, I'll write it down. And then you'll write it down, OK. Yeah. Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, should it be made easier to hunt and kill foxes? MPs say farmers should be able to use a pack of dogs when they hunt and kill foxes. Currently, sports hunting's banned and farmers protecting their chickens and lambs, they're only allowed to use two dogs to flush foxes out of their den. However, a new report has shown that a pack of dogs will track a fox much more quickly than two alone, which may make the hunt easier and more humane. This morning from nine, I want your views on this. Should it be made easier to hunt and kill foxes? Here's my number, 08459 455 555. I want your views from nine this morning on the big phone-in. That's that's the person, I'm not saying if it's a man or a woman, that's the person who clears their throat. Um, (laughs) Quite a lot. Quite a lot on the air. I'm now showing it to my production team. 
If you really? Oh, all the time, and it's just... You just think, at least cover the phone up when you're doing it, you know. You don't need to do that. Perhaps he was going off to play golf in Marbella. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. JVS is back today from nine o'clock and it's uh, boy oh boy have we missed him it's good to have him back now uh, we are talking about the Havard school um if you missed the interview on friday with dr tina beloved powerful very rarely do i i listen I'm, I'm happy to sell my wares and say download my podcast it's very rarely am i to, uh, do i say this content is actually really good it's a 30 minute interview that um is, is wonderful the whole interview is in the podcast go and download it she um runs the havard school in uh, milton Keynes that we discovered on friday is being investigated by the police and trading standards well i'm joined now by pastor stephen Ndungu, who is from the jesus celebration center in milton Keynes, which havard's uh, website claims it uses as a campus uh, good morning pastor Good morning, sir. Is the Jesus Celebration Centre a campus for Harvard School, as it claims on its website? No, no, no. We only found out when we got a phone call, actually, from you guys, from somebody called, I think, Greg. Um, it's, I think, somebody from Craig, Three yes, Counties. Uh, Greg, I think, Greg, if I can remember. It was Craig, right? yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. He rang us, and that's when we found out. We didn't even know they were using our addresses. Um, Has Harvard ever done business with the Jesus Celebration Centre? No, we have never had any business because we had to go through our records and we found out they have only hired our premises for three hours, I think, in in January, only for three hours. Um, and that's it? That, 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 that's three hours it. in January? Yes, that, that's it. That's it. So we, what we did is um, we were furious. So one of our pastors rang um the number because we had to go to the website and find out exactly what was happening so we we rang and we spoke to i think uh he he spoke to tina the beloved and um we told her to get the address out of um her website as soon as possible which she well she wasn't happy anyway um what did she we, say <laughs> it's interesting uh, some people uh, i tell you some people uh, uh, i'm trying to be a bit uh, reserved uh yeah some people are difficult and um so what we did is we followed it with an uh with an email just for um in case anything happens or in future we need to show that yes we did communicate to her so probably i should read um uh, the email that we sent and the reply we got from her would you be able to forward that on to me pastor when I, when I hand you back to the team, if, if you could forward that on to us, if you wouldn't mind, that that would be really interesting. Here's, uh, we, we spoke to um, um, uh, Tina on, on Friday about the campus. Just have a listen to this. This is what she said on Friday to me. We have two small halls, okay. th- you know, that harbors uh, In about- the Jesus Celebration Centre as well. Pardon me? In the Jesus Celebration Centre as well. Yes. Because they've told us that you have no connection. They have, you have no connection with we them. We have receipts where that we have used to pay them. W- when was the last time you paid them? Well, because um, the last time we paid them... Sometime last year. No, it's, we started this year. You know, okay. that was, you know, yes. But probably between uh, January, February, March. Okay. Within January, February, March. We paid them and we have receipts to show for it. So she's saying they're January, February, March, Pastor, and you, you, you dispute that? No, no. We, we checked our receipt because it did a thorough search. It's only once for three hours in the 19th of January, and we've got a receipt to show that. They, they, I think they, they paid about 10, uh, £30. Pounds. That was on the 19th of January. We, when we spoke That's to... 
sorry to interrupt, call. Pastor. When we spoke to Tina um, about some other inaccuracies on her website, her claims that she was accredited and uh, uh, various other things, she said she couldn't take those things down or change the website because she couldn't get hold of Moz. Uh, Moz was the gentleman that had had built the website, and she was unable to get hold of him to make any changes. Did she? Did she say that to you? Uh, no, no. We she was actually she was furious when we said uh, we we um, we have got no connection with them. We've never had any agreement with them. Why did she take the um, you know on her own back? She just went and put our address in 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 her website. So she was furious, and um, she said she will take it down. So we are surprised because that's last night before I went to bed, I checked. Our, our address is still on our website, so I don't know what she's playing at. What, what's the next uh, course of action for you, Pastor? I think the, the, the first thing, we wanted to have a, a paper trail. So we, that's why we send the email, so that um, so that at least we've got something, evidence to show that, yes, we had a telephone conversation, uh, on the e- uh, which is uh, actually written it on the email. Um, on the email, it's, it's, it's uh, typified on the email. And also... Um, there was some form of communication between us and them to show that we are not happy with what they did because we didn't we didn't have we had never had any arrangement with them. We only find out when Craig rang us. You see, yeah. so uh, from there, then we'll take uh, we'll take further action if if needed. If because all we need is for her to take our address out of there because that's very wrong. So all you want her to do is take the address off the website and you'll be happy to, to, to put a full yes, stop on the story. Yeah, yeah because uh, to, be, uh, to be honest with you, we don't want to take, uh, we don't want to go further than this. But if, if, if she doesn't comply with that, then we'll have to go further because uh, we don't want anything to do with this uh, organisation. We, we never knew anything about it until we, were, we got a phone call. And what do you mean by going further? Would, would you go to the police? Would you take legal action? Yeah, which we'll have to look for which is the best uh, thing to do. Maybe if it's legal, we'll have to go legal. Pastor Stephen, Pastor Stephen yeah. Dunko, I appreciate your time this morning. I'm just going to hand you back to my production team, and if if you are h- happy to send those emails, that email conversation to us, we would certainly love to uh, to have a look at that. That's. Um, Pastor Stephen Ndungu from the Jesus Celebration Centre, which the Havard website claims is uh, part of the campus. And uh, the uh, pastor there saying, no, they've only rented it for three hours on January the 19th. Strange. I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around... The, 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 I'm struggling to get my head around what Dr. Tina um, uh, Beloveth Powerful is is doing here. I can't quite work out what the trick is, if there is indeed a trick. It's very mysterious, isn't it? Oh, wait, 459 455 555. We'll be following this story very, very closely. It's an exclusive uh, to BBC Three Counties Radio, an exclusive to this show, indeed. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy on the M40, still slow after the accident earlier near High Wycombe. Congestion back to Stoke and Church. All lanes are open, though. You'll find it slow on the A404 approaching High Wycombe this morning as well. I'd say both ways. It is looking a little bit slow coming up from Marlow as well as down from High Wycombe towards the M40. M1 southbound slow after an accident on the hard shoulder. It's past Junction 13 at Bedford. Slow, though, back to Newport Pagnell and the services. Southbound further, you'll find some delays from the A505 toward Redbourne. It's a bit patchy through there. Slow-moving bits as you make your way toward London. A1M. Now, that's busy on the southbound side as you go from Hitler 
Ipswich into Stevenage, Junction 8 to 7. Into London on the A1, you'll find the usual queues through Borehamwood. Quite busy Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. M11, if you're going across to the motorway there, that is still very busy southbound. One lane remains closed, a six-mile queue after an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford, Junctions 9 and 8. The northbound side, not too bad now past the scene, having been queuing for quite a while this morning. Things on the trains and tubes are actually running really well today. First time I've mentioned them all day. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Lee Acknew. The headlines, Scotland Yard detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann have issued new images of a man who they say is vitally important to the inquiry. They'll feature in the BBC's Crime Watch programme tonight. The Mayor of Milton Keynes says he can no longer support a business school in the new city following an investigation by BBC Three Counties. Brian White was due to attend the graduation ceremony at Havard School, which is being sued by the American University Harvard. And a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. St Mungo's in St George's Street has been refused retrospective planning permission after reports of residents drinking and causing vandalism. The weather will be cloudy with outbreaks of rain today. Top temperatures around 12 degrees Celsius. That's 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Red Bull Sebastian Vettel is closing in on a fourth world title after winning the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. He only needs a fifth place finish or better at the Indian Grand Prix to win the Drivers' Championship. But team principal Christian Horner claims Vettel isn't getting the credit he deserves for the way he's driving this season. I don't think so. I think in time he will. But it's uh, very easy to think, oh, it's Sebastian Vettel, he's just won another race. But, you know, he's going up against probably one of the strongest eras ever in the sport. Um, against a really tough teammate and he's you know he's driving sublimely and it's it's great to witness it's great to see the Luton Town striker Andre Gray says his hat trick at the weekend shows he's back on top form the Hatters beat bottom of the table Hyde 4-1 and Gray was pleased with his contribution the gaffer was right and I started pre-season slowly and obviously those strikers have been better so um, obviously at the time I, I probably didn't feel like that but now I look back, I wasn't at my best and I wasn't scoring either. So um, I feel like I'm getting back there now. I've still got a lot of work to do. I think that even though I scored hat today, I could have scored four or five. So um, I've still got to keep working hard. And Today, Luton Town find out who they face in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. They joined Biggleswade, Hemel Hempstead, St Albans, Borehamwood and Bishop Stortford in this morning's draw. The five times world snooker champion Ronnie O'Sullivan says he believes he could beat Stephen Hendry's record of seven world crowns. Sullivan says he's entering new territory by winning back-to-back world titles in his late 30s when players normally peak in their 20s. You never know, the snooker players of the next generation now might think, you know what, you don't hit your peak till you're 37 because Ronnie proved it. So again, it kind of maybe changes people's beliefs in where their peak is at when they're a snooker player. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is back at nine o'clock. Coming up, in the, I'm just looking what we've got in the next 30 minutes of the show. Scylla Black and Feet. I know, I know, there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's the main thrust of it. I mentioned earlier on that at the weekend I was driving along singing to myself uh, and my jaw locked. I could open it like a tiny, tiny little bit. 
And then it just, my, the left side of my jaw locked. And to, to open my mouth further, I had to click my jaw and then it would open further. But then when I closed my mouth, it was back in the same thing. It was quite panicking, quite panic inducing. It was quite panic. All right, don't, all right, Catherine, for goodness sakes, all right. Sorry? Yeah, not so clever now, are you? So, <laughs> pulling faces at my lack of uh, a grasp on the English language. How dare you? Now, um, oh, it's, look, Wendy's texted in from North Marston. Ian, my jaw locked as a kid. I never found out the reason why. He even went to the doctor. I'd like to know why too. Well, can someone tell us why? Is this a common thing? I was. It was panic-inducing. I was worried. No, it wasn't that, Kelly. Kelly just typed something on, on the screen. It wasn't that that caused it. No, although I did, I did at the weekend. I had a straight banana. Completely straight. I couldn't eat it. I could not eat it because it... it <laughs> I was with my friend uh, Simon and former producer Tara. It was a completely straight banana. I've never seen anything like it at all. And every time I... T- <laughs> it was. It was... It was in, uh, halfway through it, I said, Do you know what, I can't finish this off. And uh, I, I put it down. Uh, <laughs> Mandy in Luton has texted in Ian I don't know Hemel Old Town but isn't there a council run car park which could be offered free to shoppers while the work is being carried out take a leaf out of Bedford's book we'll, um, we'll, we'll speak more about Hemel the meeting is happening today so I'm sure Roberto will cover it on his show this afternoon but we'll also um, follow it up tomorrow there's more, we, there's more we can do to help the shops there but I don't quite know what if you've got any suggestions on what we can practically do to help those shops... We don't want to see small independent businesses going out of business. Of course we don't. What, they'll be replaced by a Costa, a Starbucks and a and other coffee shop. We want to keep those small independent businesses going, but what can we do? 08459 555. You can email me as well if you've got any suggestions. Ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Local and vocal. What can we do to help those small independent shops in Hemel Old Town? There's got to be something. You've put on your headphones that mean you want to talk to me. Why? No, it's just that we, we can't just sit there and watch them no. go down the pan. You've got a plan where we have a day where everyone sort of goes and spends a fiver. Spend a fiver on the high street. No, I'm happy to do that. And take a picture of what you bought. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And go viral. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. I'm keen to go to this music shop yes, and have so a look I. around there. Um, uh, but, but but that would that would in- mean rallying our listeners together, and that they're not always very rallyable. You think it might be me, you, and ten pounds? <laughs> and uh, however willing that we are with that ten pounds, that ain't going to save a shop. There's something we're we're on the cusp of coming up with an idea. Keep mm-hmm. thinking. Okay, I, I'll try. Okay, I know you've done all your thinking for this week, but but never mind. If you've got a suggestion, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Now, a homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close following complaints about the behaviour of people staying there. Eight months after homeless charity Shelter withdrew from Milton Keynes, St Mungo's in St George's Street has been refused retrospective planning permission in the wake of residents' reports of drinking, vandalism and antisocial behaviour. Meanwhile, a BBC investigation last month uh, found out that the council was housing 60 families in B&B accommodation beyond the legal time limit. Well, I'm joined now by Edith Bald, Milton Keynes Council Member for Housing. Good morning, Edith. Good morning. Why is this hostel cl- closing? Um, well, it was actually registered as a children's home for planning purposes, but it's no longer a children's home. It's a home for young adults, 16 to 21-year-olds, and that requires a different planning permission. Um, So the application went to the Council's Development Control Committee on the 3rd of October. 
and it was turned down. It, it was a marginal decision carried by the chair's vote, and the key reason for it being turned down was um, concerns from local residents supported by the parish council about um, antisocial behaviour and fear of crime. Now, the young people in this home have come from very difficult backgrounds, but um, recent legislation does require the council to house them in sports accommodation. Um, the council commissioned a specialist housing provider in July 12, um, and one of the locations for these people is St George's Road. It does appear to me from the submission made at the committee that um, the supervision at the, at the home has fallen short of what I certainly would expect, and that residents are feeling threatened, which is not acceptable. So the planning committee voted with their feet. It's a democratic process, and the application was turned down. It's going to uh, to appeal, isn't it? And, and we've spoken to people this morning who believe that the appeal will be successful and it will stay open. Um, well, we haven't actually decided whether to go um, to appeal the decision. Um, uh, maybe a better alternative is to work with the St Mungo's, the local residents and the parish council, um, on the issues that were presented to the committee to see if there is a way forward. We have to find a solution if there is one that would be um, local residents would feel comfortable with. So you would like to see that centre stay open? Um, only if the supervision is improved. We cannot have local residents being, you know. Well, we've heard of people being. We've heard of people being threatened. We've heard of people shouting abuse. We've heard of someone trying a group of people trying to break into someone's car. People banging on windows, making noise at all hours of the night. It's not. It's not great, is it, for local residents? No, it's not great. But um, I think some of those reports do date from a time before St Monco's were in charge. Not we, all of them. The lady we spoke. Well, the lady we spoke to, Lynn, uh, that she was telling us stories from from when it was St Mungo's, when, when the, the, the recent yeah. administration was in was uh, in control. Yeah. Well, clearly there are issues, and I absolutely accept that. Um, but what I'd like to try and explore first is whether or not there's a, a management plan that could be put together with the local residents and the parish council that could address their issues. How is a management plan going to stop um, uh, young homeless people from trying to steal a car? Um, it could be difficult, which is why I'm saying there might not be a solution in terms of a management plan, but I think we've got eight young people in there uh, for whom the council has a statutory duty to, to house, so we also have a duty to see whether or not we can work with the local residents to find a solution. If not, then we're going to have to, uh, as you suggest at the start of this uh, interview, we'll have to close the home and find alternative accommodation on an already stressed housing service. Well, Milton Keynes Council has, has quite a bad reputation for, for dealing with homeless people, doesn't it? The government turned down an application for a grant to combat homelessness as the council isn't prepared to spend enough to tackle B&B use and doesn't have enough fresh ideas. Well, um, you've got I 60 families in B&B accommodation beyond the legal time limit. We do have some. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Right. Um, we are making a lot of progress on our homelessness situation. You didn't get a huge grant from, from, from the government. Your own party and government don't trust you to solve the problems of homelessness. Well, that's not true. The government had no problems with our application. In fact, we, we missed So why didn't the, you get the grant? Uh, I'm just trying to explain. We missed it marginally. A number of councils who got at the grant. I mean, Milton Keynes were only three off the score of getting the grant. So I, th I think we had to score but, 20 but to you, get the grant. So why didn't you get it? 17. Well, the, the issue for us it, was actually, and we spoke to the government about this, 
we were already, we are already doing lots to help our homelessness. We well, well hang on, you've got 60 of... families in B&B accommodation beyond the legal time limit. There was, a, there was a grant that would have helped this problem that you didn't get, whether it was because of three points or not, you didn't get the grant. We didn't get the grant, but it's not true to say that we're not doing anything. Our homelessness situation, the 60 that you mentioned was the figure at the end of June, it is now uh, 42. We're still, that's, um, who, who are beyond, who are staying in, 42 families in B&B accommodation beyond the legal time limit. That's still awful, isn't it? Well, it's not a, a situation that I'm complacent about. I'm trying to do something about What's it. What are you doing about but, it? Uh, as I've You're not getting the government grant, are you? On this, uh, there are no magic wands that we can wave on this. We just have to keep plugging away. Well, what are you doing? And we've, we've got three broad initiatives that we're driving hard on. Um, the first one is that we're working with the private sector to try and increase the housing supply by providing incentives to the private sector in terms of rent guarantees. That's actually what the, the grant um, proposal was about to government, that we weren't successful on. Well, the, we grant, do, the grant, the we government... We want to do more on that. The government said you didn't have enough fresh ideas. Uh, well, in fact, if you look at those who were successful, we are already doing the things that the successful well, bidders... But uh, the, so government, the government said you didn't have enough fresh ideas well, and you weren't prepared to spend enough to tackle the situation. OK, I'm just going through the three things that we are doing. So the which, which, are, which are not fresh ideas, according to the government. Working with the private sector to increase the housing supply. Uh, the second thing is that we're helping tenants to access private housing through housing benefits and discretionary payments. We've got quite a big fund on discretionary payments to help with deposits and so on. Um, but we have to persuade tenants to take up the private option. Historically, tenants would rather be in council accommodation than, than, than go to the private sector. So without incentives, it's a difficult thing to persuade Edith, can, let me just put again to you, sorry, what the, what the, the government turned down the application from your council for a grant to combat homelessness because the council isn't prepared to spend enough to tackle the B&B usage and doesn't have enough fresh ideas. How do you respond to that? Quite simply. Um, I don't agree with your statement in that the council's put in nearly £2 million worth of discretionary funds in funded by taxpayers to, to address the homelessness position. That is a considerable amount of money. I think if you were to ask taxpayers whether that is a considerable amount of money, I think every single one of them then would say that is a large investment. why didn't you get the grant? Well, b because homelessness is a big issue across the whole of the country. But other councils got the grant. Be, choices have to be made, and in this instance, the government decided that there were other areas who were doing less than Milton Keynes who deserved the grant more. That's not to say we won't be putting in for a, another grant. So you we didn't will get take up every opportunity. Just to clarify, just to clarify the two points, you didn't get refused the grant because you're not prepared to spend enough. Uh, no, I don't believe so. We're okay. already spending uh, and you, you a lot. Didn't, of, uh, so we're spending nearly so the, the, two million the, in discretionary The government, funds. the government didn't say to you as part of the, re the the rejection, you're not prepared to spend enough. I don't believe so. Okay, and the government didn't say to you that you don't have enough fresh ideas. Um, well, one of the scores that uh, that was applied was about innovation, and we scored one out of five on innovation. I think. So you didn't have fresh that, ideas. Uh, well, as I have said several times, we do have fresh ideas. But we're you scored one on innovation. We're ahead of the game in many respects. Well, but, but you scored but, one on innovation. But well, I can't explain uh, why it was. Well, I, one, I, but, but maybe I could. Perhaps you're not being innovative enough. Uh, well, if anybody's got any other ideas, we well, we, it, we're. We're pleased to it would appear them, that, that lots of other councils have got good ideas because they are being innovative enough. 
they would well, have scored more than one on innovation, wouldn't they? So maybe, maybe it's it's just you should perhaps talk to some of the councils that were successful in their bid and, and see what they did differently. Oh, I can assure you, we always talk to other councils. Excellent. If there were magic ones that we could wave, we would have waved them by now. We are we are improving on our homelessness situation. The trend is down. We've gone from 60 down to 42 okay. since June in terms of those in accommodation for greater than six weeks. We had 93 in B&B at the start of the year. When we, when We're were now those... at 78 and we have a target which we will meet to be when... down at 40 by the year end. And I'm oh, hang on a second. So when, when will the 42 uh, people, 42 families that are living in B&B, when, when will that be down to zero? Living in B&B beyond the legal limit, when will that be down to well, zero? Well, when I've got enough supply to get them there, with another when... three coming out this week, uh, right. Overall, B&B, as I said, should be 40 by the year end. Ideally, I don't want any families in B&B greater than six weeks and the people, of the hardship it causes. the people that are sleeping rough at Milton Keynes train station, what, what would you say to them uh, about how you're tackling the problem? Uh, well, it is places like St Mungo's that, uh, that, that we're just talking about that, that provide homes for Well, it's all different ages, like isn't that. it, at the train station? It's, it's, it's young people and older people as well. Uh, mainly young people, actually, but... Um, yeah, I, I... So your message to, to, to them, that the people sleeping at Milton Keynes Station would be? Uh, well, uh, we will work with them to find them places to stay. Elizabeth, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Edith, sorry, I do apologise. Edith Paul, uh, Milton Keynes Council Member for Housing. 8.46, here's the Travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M40 southbound still slow after the accident earlier at High Wycombe. The M1, the accident has now gone past Bedford. It was on the hard shoulder for a while. Still a little slow past there, though. A1M a little busy past Stevenage. A1 into London slow through Boreham Wood. And, of course, if you're going across to the M11 southbound, there's a six-mile queue. This was an accident between Saffron Walden and Bishop Stortford. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.47. Let's get the uh, headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police are revealing a new picture of a man in connection with the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. The mayor of Milton Keynes says he can no longer support Havard Business School in the new city following an investigation by this show. A homeless hostel in Bletchley has been ordered to close down following a complaint about people staying there. Coming up, well, we've got a lot to cram in in the last 12 minutes. Let's see what we can do. Here's the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some showers around today, some of them quite heavy, particularly into the afternoon, but lots of dry weather around too. Always quite cloudy, a bit of brightness uh, developing here and there as we head into the afternoon in particular, perhaps even some rays of sunshine. But temperatures on the chilly side between 11, perhaps as high as 13 degrees, 55 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, it's going to be dry, it'll be locally quite chilly, some mist and fog patches forming perhaps into tomorrow uh, morning too. Lows of around 6 or 7 degrees Celsius. After the mist clears, tomorrow's going to be a pretty nice day. It will be dry and bright. Temperatures again up to around 13 degrees. By the time we get to Wednesday, it's rain on the menu again. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. 
If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, they were really, really unhelpful. They laughed at me. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. We have been back 11 visits each time because of the problems my husband's been having. Since the beginning of June, I've had no schedule freezer. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Gentlemen then agreed to refund me my money. As of yet, he's resold the vehicle and still no refund. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we've been talking about um, the old uh, old high street in, uh, in uh, Hemel. Uh, works are going on. There's a meeting to do that today to decide what's going to happen. And it's a very important meeting because it affects lots of small independent businesses. Uh, and if it doesn't go well this morning, those businesses could actually close. We spoke to a gentleman last week whose takings are down 40% in the last few weeks. He's got 25 grand's worth of, of stock that he's not paid for. His suppliers are being very patient, but they'll only be patient for so long. Well, Anne is in St Albans. Good morning, Anne. Hello, Ian. And are you, are you uh, familiar with this part of Hemel? Yes, I'm very, very, very familiar with it. I've got family that comes from there from about 18, the 1800s. And I regularly go there at least once a month and spend a, a day and use the shops, most of the shops, have a nice lunch there and walk down the Gade Valley. I'm a big fan of Hemel, old Hemel. And what do you think about what's happening at the moment with, with, with the works there? It's disgusting. I tell you why, because every visit I've made, I haven't seen one workman, I haven't seen one vehicle doing anything, I haven't seen anybody even with a clipboard. There's been no one there at all. It looks a bit like the Mari Celeste. And, well, this is the, the kind of accusation we've heard about people not, not uh, doing necessarily the work that, that should be done. It, it, it is sad, isn't it, that these businesses really are in a very, very dangerous situation. In what should be, we're coming up to what should be the busiest time of the year, they might not take any money at all. Well, Old Hemel, if you talk to people who don't come from there, it's, it's quite a niche destination because it's unique. It's not like Old Hatfield, which is really a, a, a backwater now. Old Hemel has always worked hard at being bustling and thriving. Uh, they've got the arts centre in the Old Town Hall. They've got all that stuff going for them. But it doesn't take people long because people are very fickle to find an alternative de- destination. And very quickly, what, what can we do to make a difference? a big noise. I mean, you're, you're making a great start in it, for one. I mean, everybody that loves old Hemel, that listens to the radio, should actually start making a petition and begin to the council and making noises. If they were to pull their finger out, it can be done. And thank you very much indeed, uh, Anne in St Albans. We'll, we'll be following this story very, very closely and we'll let you know um, throughout the day on BBC Three Counties and on tomorrow's show what happened at that meeting. Now, we've been talking about vapour rub. You know the stuff that you put on your chest when you have a cold? It's lurking at the back of everybody's cupboard. It would seem some of us... Are, well, we're freestyling when it comes to application. Producer Catherine Boyle swears by putting it on her children's feet. No. Well, there are other weirdos out there that also do the same thing. Well, someone who I'm sure would never stray from the directions on the label is consultant podiatrist at the Thames Valley Spire Hospital in Buckinghamshire. It's Mike O'Neill. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm confused, Mike. I'm confused. Vapour up on the well, feet? I'm a little bit confused as well. It is something that certainly um, mentholator rubs were very much used during the sort of First World War and things like that in the trenches. Um, and people would actually rub a person in the chest and when they had sort of really cold feet and things, they would actually rub it into the seat. And you know, that's a sort of time when, when it has been used. So there is a sort of old background, wives' tale history of it being used like that. Um, it has been used probably in more recent times for people who've got chillblains. Because oh. a lot of chillblain medications actually have sort of mentholated-type preparations within it. So, in theory, right, part of constituents of those vapour rubs 
could be used for chilblains. However, there are better products out there for that. But, but it, it could be used, but there are complications because you know, if you get it between your toes, you've got athlete's foot, you've got bits of sort of open skin and things like that. It's not going to be very pleasant putting a uh, vapour rub between your toes. Put, someone nasty. has suggested on Facebook putting it on an ingrowing toenail. A very brave person. <laughs> Is it going to smart a little bit? I think it's going to smart quite a lot as well. Wow. I can see what they're talking about. Anything that's got infections with you should really actually get some professional help. Yes. And uh, I think to try and treat something like that at home with a vapour rub type preparation might be a little bit foolish. Final thing, Mike, and I'm sorry we've not got much time. We'll get you on another day and we'll spend a bit more time because I find this fascinating. We've had several people, <laughs> several people suggesting that if you stand in garlic, your breath will smell of garlic. That's nonsense, isn't it? Um, I've never quite heard of that before, but I, I, I do know, I don't know about your breath smelling of garlic, but certainly if you, if you do touch garlic, it, it may well be absorbed by the actual tissues. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe we can look into it and find if garlic is actually absorbed through the skin. And... Mike, we need to do an experiment. Listen, I'm going to hand you back to, to, to Catherine Boyle. We're going to arrange a time and a date, and we're going to do an experiment with you, if that's okay, and garlic and feet. Would you mind? Well, certainly we... Yeah, why not? Don't, look, you don't, yeah, don't feel Nobody's going to want to come near me, I guarantee you. If I'm going to sing the garlic, I'm going to have no patience for the rest of that well, week. Well, we'll give you an easy week. Mike, thank you very much. Speak to my producer, and we'll sort something out. That's Mike O'Neill, who's an excellent sport. He's from Thames... Uh, he's the consultant podiatrist at Thames Valley Spire Hospital. I did put him a little bit on the spot there. If he wants to decline off-air, then he's allowed to. I won't think any less of him. I did kind of throw that uh, at him slightly. Uh, now, Priscilla White... Who's Priscilla White? Who's Priscilla White, Justin Daly? Priscilla Black. Priscilla Black. Yes, she shortened legend. the first name. She did the opposite of the last name. <laughs> and she became a showbiz superstar, <laughs> celebrating 50 years in showbiz. She's had songs written by Paul McCartney. She, she used to hang out with the Beatles. She was the, um, that worked in the, the, um, in the Cavern Club as the, um, what do you call it when some people give you your coats and you hang them up for them? Uh, would that cloakroom. Be cloakroom. That's Assistant. It. She worked in the yes. cloakroom. Now, uh, you, you're a big fan of Priscilla Black. When we mentioned her name today, you got very excited, mm. didn't you? She's local vocal. She lives in Denham. Yep. Uh, Jess Conrad describes Denham in Bucks as the Hollywood of England. Wowzers. So she's local. Wowzers. Now we asked you to go out this morning and speak to the people of the three counties to see if they love Scylla, who yeah. is a national treasure I think. Hmm. To see if people love her as much as we do. What did they have to say for themselves? Well you gave me a mission. You said simply go out there with a microphone mention the name Scylla Black and see what happens next. Uh, Ian, I have done that just for you. Here's what happened. Scylla Black! Yep. Blind eight. Anything else? Surprise, surprise. Do we need to see more Cilla Black on our TV? Yes. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Cilla... Uh, no, don't like her. <laughs> you don't like her? Don't wash your mouth out with soap and water. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dennis, how are you today? All right. Great stuff. Dennis, you met Cilla Black years ago. Tell us yeah. what happened. Well, I just introduced her on stage years ago. Whereabouts? In Dunstable, uh, California. The California Ballroom? Yeah, I worked there 20 years. Did you really? Yeah. What, and you announced all the acts? Yeah, quite a few of them, yeah. And Scylla was one of them, yeah. so um, when she was backstage, she was having a chat with her, what was she like? No, oh, no, didn't get much chance of chatting, but yeah, she was alright. Yeah, very friendly. 60s, um, when she was singing with the Beatles, um, trying to think of her first song. You a fan? Um, 
not necessarily. I mean, I probably was in the 60s when I was a lot younger. Mm. <laughs> Anyone who had a heart... That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> step inside, love. <laughs> What's it all about, Alfie? Yeah. Think, well, you give me a ginger wig, I'm Cilla Black, aren't I? You absolutely are. <laughs> well, if I was to do a Cilla Black tribute, you, you'd come along, surely, wouldn't you? I probably would, yeah. yeah. How much would you pay for a ticket, though? Oh, depends on how much you're charging. Tenner? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. Great stuff. I'll take down your name and number, and I'll let you know when it's going to happen. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Uh, surprise, surprise. Oh, I quite like that programme. Wish they'd bring it back. Well, they have done. Have they? Well, they have done with Holly Willoughby. Have they? Yeah. Oh. Not Scylla, though. What time? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to check the uh, TV schedule. Yeah. Uh. Not interested. Sorry. You're not interested in Scylla? Sorry. Do you like her? No. Why? Don't like her accent. When I say Scylla, you say... How uh, uh, did I get here? <laughs> Silla Black, sir. I'm going to work. I mean, if I if I said Silla Black, what um, but what comes to to your mind when I mention Silla Black? What do you think of? Don't think of much because I, I knew her as a singer. That was also from Liverpool. Can you sing one of her songs for me? Oh Jesus, no, not a hope. You sure? Yeah, very, very sure. Positive. Very. Thank you. <laughs> Well, Justin, I, I, mm. I, I, I've got to say, uh, Catherine Boyle does an impression of Scylla. Let's hear your, your, your impressions. <laughs> right, Anyone well. who had a heart. Right, that's, now that's Catherine Boyle. But yours, Justin. Yeah, it's pretty good. Was actually, would you listen, we've got, we got 35 seconds of the show left. All right, Chuck. <laughs> I've never heard him do a voice before, apart from that right, slimy one he does on the radio. How are you? Justin, could you, could you sing us out in the style of Scylla for the end of the show? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you as Scylla Black. Bearing in mind, he would be charging £10 for this, and some idiots, <laughs> uh, some people would pay for it. Book Justin top. Daly as Scylla Black. Away you go. Which song? Um, step inside, love. Step inside, love. Step inside, love. Step inside, love. Yeah, Chuck. Can I go now? Can I go home? Ian. Can I go? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, I think you can go, Justin. Uh, M40 southbound, it's looking a little bit busy. We had the accident earlier past High Wycombe at the Handycross Roundabout Junction 4. Still congested back to Stoke and Church at Junction 5. A1M southbound, slow moving as you go from Junction 10 down towards Stevenage at Junction 7. And then into London through Borehamwood, it's queuing from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. The M1 southbound is a little busy past the Newport Pagnell Services. Of course, an accident much, much earlier this morning, long gone. That was near Junction 13. M11, still big problems if you are going across to the M11 southbound. Six miles of queues after a three-car accident near Saffron Walden at Junction 9. From there down toward Bishop Stortford at Junction 8. The congestion, though, back up toward the A505 at Duxford. M25 anti-clockwise, slow-moving Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar in the roadworks. Stop-start from St Albans through to the M40 as well. Trains and tubes are running without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. And thank you, I think, to Justin Daly. I'm not quite sure yet. We'll, we'll, we'll find out if we've got a job tomorrow on the back of that. Thank you to you, dear listener, for taking part in the show. You can email me, ian.lee, bbc.co.uk. He's back! JVS is up next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. And on today's big phone-in, should it be made easier to hunt and kill foxes? MPs say farmers 